Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. We're happy to have you with us as we take a look at films from the dawn of cinema to today. We aim to provide a raw and unapologetic review of each film's cinematography, historical accuracy, and delivery. In the process of analysis, certain details will be revealed. These spoilers are only divulged to ensure a fair assessment of each film. We marched north through the Army of Virginia this week with Ron Maxwell's 1993 American Civil War epic, Gettysburg. As always, I'm joined by Mike B. Yep. Nate. Four hours and 30 minutes long. It's four hours and 31 minutes long. I was just going to say 31. Way too fucking long. And our Civil War expert, Trey. Damnation. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, uh, Michael is riding with uh, Jeb Stewart this week, and he is nowhere to be seen. So uh, he will join us next time if they return. But anyway, uh, what do you guys too, think? He's too busy this week. It was it was but either going to be four and a half hours or the high ground. Well, that's the thing is like, again, when we initially talked about it, you're like, oh, it's like a three hour movie. And I'm like, yeah, I remember it being very long. And then we all apparently watched the director's cut, <laughs> which is four hours, 31 minutes, 29 seconds. And it's like, whoa. My but God. I'm glad y'all did because there's stuff in there that makes up uh, some things that you don't get in a regular movie like when the the british yeah. officers asked me why don't y'all dig in he's like because they're mm-hmm. not they're not coming so I, yeah i remember i didn't see that in the original like the regular version and i was like i don't remember seeing this but i'm like it's cool because it, it gives more context and i'm like mm-hmm. huh so yeah that we will definitely discuss that shit but like it, it sucked man to be honest like the fucking four and a half hours because i was like i started watching it at like noon and i'm like oh shit i don't have that much time like i thought i had an extra hour to play around and make chicken salad, you know, badge cook it. But like, I just sit here and watch it. But like, um, no, it did. It did fill in a lot of gaps that I hadn't seen on the yeah. regular version that I watched last time. So yeah. Anyway. But first and foremost though, to, to put this into perspective, the review we're doing or the podcast we're doing is technically on a book. Um, because it's, we're doing a review on a book about history. So, it's it's history, but it's not. There, there's creative liberties taken, like uh, Kilrain. He's not real. He is a completely fabricated uh, entity. Because uh, I've known guys who've been to Gettysburg and they've heard tourists be like, well, "Where's where's Sergeant Kilrain buried at?" And then you're like, the, the park ranger's like, "He's not real." <laughs> and then they yeah. like they're questioning their whole life. They're like. <laughs> what do you mean? Where's Captain Miller? Yeah, yeah Michael. Miller? Michael was saying that in uh, Normandy, yeah. they, they asked where Captain Miller's grave is at the uh, <laughs> the very famous grave above <laughs> Omaha Beach, and they're like, "Well, uh, it's in row 17F, and I'll see you later." <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it's right next to Matt Damon's. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so before we get too involved with everything, guys, you know, um, I just want to say something quick. So this is our one-year anniversary episode. Um, and also, on top of that, the 160th anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg. So it's pretty cool to have both of those things inside. Oh, so shit. Whenever you guys ended up um, following us or, you know, find the channel, thank you so much. And uh, we hope to be around for a few more years. So it's been a really fun time, and um, we look forward to the future. So, And it's just awesome that, again, we had this – amazing episode with a really cool movie just coincide with the anniversary so um i'll just jump into it quickly because i'm here last time i saw this was uh, high school about 15 16 it could have even be middle school 
Uh, I remember this is one of the movies we had to like sign a waiver for or get our parents to sign a waiver for. We didn't even watch the whole thing. Um, but, you know, that was the last time I saw it. And things through the years always stuck with me. Like, the, for some reason, the scene at Cashtown, like they're walking through and everything. I thought that was awesome. Um, a few other things, you know, like the fight on Little Round Top and just some of the cinematography. Now, you said you watched uh, the director's cut, right? Yes, I did. Yep. So yeah, um, I, think, I think we all did. In the in the yeah, original, so, you don't yeah. see hardly any of Cash Town or the town of Gettysburg, the civilians, which is great hmm. to see that. Yeah, I, I was very surprised to see all of that. But the one thing um, that I well, well, reiterate. So between the time I saw it the first time and now, I've been to Gettysburg and I had a very good friend of mine who's a really I trust him almost as good as you, Trey, like a historian, bring us around the battlefield, and it was fascinating. I'm more of like a 1880s to 1980s kind of historian for military stuff. Not that I, I don't glance over it, but it just that's my specialty. And to get a real honest tour of the battle was insane. Like for you, Mike, you know, the Iron Brigade, like it was constant units, like going through everything. It was, it was fucking insane. And the battlefield is so well kept. And they do a really good job. And I love how they keep restoring it. Like they do the cut by Devil's Den a few yep. years ago. And it's with the German POWs. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's just, it's just really cool. Um, to like have been there and now watch the movie again. And for those who haven't been there, they do a really good job. Like that, that's Western Pennsylvania. That's Gettysburg, you know, like that's the ridge lines and everything. I know they filmed it part on the battlefield and part three miles away, I believe like West of the town, they had a field they used, but like, it looks just like it. And it was really cool. You very rarely get that, you know, unless with like tons of CGI and stuff. But um, coming back into it, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I love long movies like Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Bridge and River Kwai, I watched last week, three hours long. Like, But um, this one is four and a half hours long. And while at times I was like, or the director's cut is, at times I was like, oh my God, I still wanted to watch to the end. It's same the yeah. best longest movie I've seen. So, you know, just to start out with, it's it's really good. And just to, to, to better it, you got to watch it with surround sound. <laughs> <laughs> I had the, the round side of the great shot. We, we we all can't afford surround sound. Right, if we're really talking right. quiet in here with that really calm, you, soothing Virginian accent, if, if you, you just need the redneck surround sound. Yeah, just redneck surround out, sound. You turn the speaker around. Yeah, just you know, rip out speakers out of the car. You know, wire them up. I mean, come on now. <clears throat> but no, I had the house rocking, man. Like the, the uh, pickets charged bombardment. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure last time that your house was this loud was the actual battle of Apatomix Courthouse. For those that yeah. don't remember or didn't see our episode of Glory, Trey actually lives on a Civil War battlefield. Like he's a hundred feet away where Lee surrendered. So, By the way, did you see the crap I found in the uh, the backyard? What did you find? I found a piece of artillery piece, like a little S hook that goes on the back to wrap the rope around. Oh, really? A chain and uh, a belt buckle. But the belt buckle <laughs> is like a square roller buckle. So you don't know if it's uh, CSA or US. Yeah. CSUS or hell, it could have been post war farming equipment. That's fucking cool, dude. Like, yeah. you know, do you have to rebury it or something? Because you're technically on a battlefield or. No, it's my property. Fuck them. Oh, I got you. <laughs> There's gray areas. Yeah, you know, that is, I know that what you is mean. Probably yeah. the best quote so far. Is no, yeah. fuck them. But if I if if I go across the yard into federal owned land, yeah, that's felony. I got yeah, <laughs> yeah. interesting. But so. I'd, I'd be getting my shit. <laughs> yeah, be some some loyal Virginian lost his belt buckle 160 years ago <laughs> to be found by another loyal Virginian. So, <laughs> circle of Virginia. 
But what do you think about it, dude? I mean, you know, with all your knowing about the history of what am I fucking saying about like all your uh, lore of the Civil War and everything and reenacting it forever. So, I mean, know, like, I, uh, I was a year old when this movie came out um, and I've known people who were in it, which is even cooler. Um, like seeing all the old uh, the old heads in the hobby and they have like Polaroids of like bent muskets, you know, because they're rubber. They're like bending them <laughs> like they're, you know, Polk Hogan or something. But um, <laughs> yeah, th- this is like the basically the Bible for reenacting of the Civil War hobby. Um, to put it into perspective, it's it's the SPR of Civil War. Um, you really can't get any better. I mean, they Ted Turner and them came back and tried to make gods in general several about almost ten years to the uh, ten years after. Yeah, it was, just, it was they were filming during nine uh, eleven, and uh, they they didn't even come anywhere close. I, I have not seen Gods and Generals, but I, I, I haven't heard I'll anything about you, it either. I'll, so. Yeah, I'll agree with you, Trey. Is like, it's Gods and Generals, like, I saw, because I got into the thing, is like, for whatever reason, like, I got a wild hair at my ass, like, a year or two ago. Like, I have to watch Gettysburg. I've never seen it. You know, it's like, I did it on my own time before we started this podcast and everything. And, like, then I watched Gods and Generals, and I was like, Gettysburg, in my opinion, is more well done. Gods and Generals is not bad, and we'll do that eventually. Yeah. Of course. But it's just, it's just, yeah. There's things that fell short, even with my lack, my complete lack of knowledge about, you know, the American Civil War, in general. But like, yes, I would agree with you just from what you just said. Yeah. So. No, go go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted your opening statement. No, actually, it's just. I mean, it's a it's the great film of the war. I mean, it's uh, you can I don't think you can be able to top it. Um, it's it's filmed like that one. Uh, YouTube channel I like to throw him out because he's he does great work. Uh, History buffs, they didn't really do anything wrong. I mean, every he's like I'm going to point out the things they did well. I mean, it is it is a great film. They had they had reenactors. They don't that, that's what I love too. When you when you I think I said in Gloria, when you hire reenactors, one you're getting cheap labor. Two they they know their shit. They don't look like shit, and it's going to be great. But you have to prove to them that it's going to be what they want it to be, not just this Hollywooded bullshit like. Preached that to Jones, you know, not not a single dickhead had a canteen, like you know, because there's water fountains everywhere in the field. Uh, it, it needs you need to prove <laughs> yeah, oak them. trees that have water fountains yeah. in the back. Little known fact, little maple, yep. you know, just, yeah. But uh, we 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 should talk about that point later on in this um, thing about hiring an actors and shit. Yeah. Because so I mean, I, I want to yeah. say it was like thirty thousand guys. Boom, boom, yeah, but you need together. that. Yeah, you exactly. Need, you you fucking need that for a fucking Gettysburg was. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yep. Yeah, I'll shut up. But I mean, if you if you open up to that and you, I mean, they bring their weapons, their gear, tintage, everything. Um, if anything, you might just pay them per diem for you know leaving work. You know, just traveling expenses or something. But that's it. I mean, it's once you can get Hollywood or whoever producing a film to realize that, you know, the light clicks. And that's what this company did. They, you know, once they got that idea of, hey, we can, I mean, hell, they, you can't go anywhere and be like, hey, I need uh, 150 cannons. Props right. department's going to be like, what crack are you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's five, guy, five guys per gun. And then you have to have all the support elements. I think like for four guns, you need like 100 guys <laughs> to do it correctly and or safely. Um, so, I mean, you get all these volunteers bringing out their own gun, possibly even their own powder. Powder is like, shit, 30, I think it's like $35 a pound now. 
Each shot, yeah. still, each shot's like thirty five pounds or thirty five dollars, <laughs> unless you mix it with something. Like I think, I think the old trick was they would like dilute it with uh, flour and they would give it more of a burn and a, a, a poof. But yeah, still, it's you know, being artillery is not as cheap as people think it is. No, it's I'd say it's akin to like in the Second World War reenacting hobby of like using tanks and stuff. Yeah, because everyone's like, "Oh, bring your tank to my event." It's like, okay, well, it's like six months of work for maintenance, like you know, yep. three grand in gas, and then it's like five grand to get it there. So, are you gonna pay? Oh, well, we... <laughs> it's like, dude, the, there's so much fucking work that goes into it. You know, like tank we play with, it's it's yep. a steward tank, it's a light tank, but yeah, it ain't nothing light about it. I mean, you have to get like an oversized load permit and shit for it because it's on a a uh, what do you call it? Uh, a low boy. Yeah, the low boy. So you have to like mm-hmm. pay that. We took it to one event one day. And it was free to us. I, I think we bought him like bourbon or something because we, he owed us a favor or something. We paid him in, in alcohol or whatnot. But that, I mean, yeah, it's like like you said, about three to five grand depending on how far or where you're going. Oh, yeah. You know, it's fucking so expensive. And that's, you know, not taking into effect that something doesn't happen on the road. I knew a guy, they used to do these big events in Europe. They still do them like two weeks long. And uh, fucking long story short, he ran over like a Renault with his M8 armored car because some chick took a right instead of a left. <laughs> so like, you know. All the shit that happens on the road then. So you have this quarter of a million dollar vehicle that could get destroyed. Or in the context of war, you have this really expensive cannon that, you know, mm-hmm. fucking could just, you know, you use it, you could lose it. So And just like in uh, just like in the World War II hobby, it, it needs maintenance. Like they're not set oh, yeah. in stone. Like the, the wood mm-hmm. deteriorates. It's gotta be greased and all this. So I mean it's it's it goes on and on. I mean, plus, you know, your gear, they only did it for five years, but they were doing it every day. I mean, this stuff doesn't, you know, hold up you got to repair that and replace that too oh yeah you know it doesn't keep Mm-mm. there was uh there was actually like um i remember uh back for the 150th that was the last civil war event i ever did um for gaysburg and i remember talking to like some of the artillery guys i'm like how much does it cost like per shot and i think at the time it was like this would have been 2013 yeah i think he, I think he was like like fucking twenty dollars a shot, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, damn. And he's like, yeah. He goes, and you know, Phil over here fronts all the money. Like, <laughs> it's like there's it's always like, that one Jesus. guy who like owns the cannon and or pays for the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who owns the cannon? He's like, oh, that's Charles over here, Charles. And then I'm like, what do you like? How do you do? He's like, oh, we're like a six to ten man team, and we alternate who does what, and we train every single thing. Like and, Mike said, I went on a, a, a rabbit hole with that, and they're like twenty grand. Yeah, yeah. One on one on proxy bid sold for fifteen. It depends. Recently, it depends on what model. Yeah. I mean, if it's smoothbore, obviously it's cheaper. But if it's right. a rifled, yeah. And it's weird. What's the name of the the Confederate gun? Is that with a P or something? Uh, I think it's a rifled, like a breech loader. I don't. Oh I don't no, it was it was British, but yeah, we had them at Gettysburg. It's like we had it like five with a P or something. No, I, it's, I, I knew per- guys used to do gun crew for them. Is it the Pritchett? No, not the Pritchett. That uh, sounds familiar. Whitworth, the Whitworth gun. It was a rotating breech. I was about to bring that up. The Union didn't have them, but we had. I think I don't know how many we bought, but we bought. I know there was like, I think five at Gettysburg, and they had a range of like five miles or some shit. But Damn. it was, but it was not explosive. It was only a, a bolt, or quote unquote, a solid yeah, shot. Yeah, solid but shot, was, yeah. But it was, it was a breech loader. Like you would, uh, you rotate the rear of the block, and it would open up like a door. You put the shell in, then the powder, rotate it, lock it, prick and prime it, and then fire it. 
but I think the 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 uh, I think it was a eight sided bolt or something like that. But it, the, the, hmm. the the shell itself looks kind of weird. It doesn't look like really a a bullet. But uh, the the manual is basically if you can't see it, don't fire at it. But it was only a solid shot for whatever reason. I don't think they produced a case or anything for that, which is explosive or time fuse. But you have the the Napoleon, the eighteen forty two Napoleon smooth bore. I mean, I've got a book somewhere in here that has like a lot of the artillery in it, and they're so much that uh, smooth bore rifle. Then you had like the sea guns, the coastal guns. I mean, there were so many types of cans. Then you had mortars. Uh, you had the dictator in uh, Petersburg, which was like a uh, a siege mortar, and it's it's about the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. It would fire. The ball was probably the size of it was bigger than a basketball. It's a, it, I'd say probably a uh, like a kickball, a proper like, yeah, big kickball. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they they said that it was more. Uh, it, it was. They said the. I think the Confederates said it was more demoralizing because you could. Yeah, you hear that fucking thing going through the yeah, air. Yeah, you, you could watch it. They said. They said well, you go off. You're yeah. like, all right, it's coming for us. Move this way or that way. <laughs> and then it'll go off. You're like, yeah. you, you've got to watch it. You're like, God damn, it's coming down. You know, we got to pick up our shit and move again. <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's still there today. Uh, the dictator's still in Petersburg. They brought it back, and it's a monument basically now. But uh, there, there's. Technology advanced so much within those four years. Uh, you had torpedoes, which that's a loose term for sea mine, land mine, uh, actual torpedo, and, and stuff like that. Uh, you had rockets. The Confederacy had rockets at one time. They weren't really used that much because it's not rocket surgery. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did they? I saw I saw rockets going across the battlefield on some of the shots. So that's like that. Was that what was that? Were those rockets or those were actual shrapnel shells? Yeah. So that's supposed to be uh, imitation of a uh, a time fuse shot. Um, Now I will give that's the only thing that I will give Free State of Jones credit for is uh, time fuse shots. Um, You'll see them in the that. Fucking shitty formation. I don't know what the fuck they were doing. There's like an organized mob going across the hill. But anyway, um, when they're coming up on the hill and the Federals are shooting that case, the uh, the time fuse shot. Basically, they they it's 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 so it looks like a cigar. And in the back of the uh, case, on there's a chart, and you'll give like an elevation, distance, and all this type, and then you have to cut it down, measure it, cut it down to like. A one second or five second fuse and then you would literally plug it into the round and when the then the cannon went off it would start burning that fuse and then explode that's why there's so un, uh so much unexploded ordnance is because it's not that reliable compared to today so yeah like so you would just pl- like literally plug that fuse you'd pop it with a, a wooden mallet roll the thing or shove it down the barrel the the uh, ramrod and then the blast would start that ignition and then it would explode overhead, and then you'd have shrapnel from above raining down. Which is really, they also do that in the First World War. Like, I know we yeah. talked about this on Glory. Like, there's a lot of similarities between the, t- oh, the yeah. technology that was used. But um, 
it was more improved, but that's also why you find a shitload of UXOs in World War One is the same thing. It's like the overhead, the airburst actual. Because I'll say it again. I said it on the last one, but I'll, I'll keep saying this. I've said it on videos. There's a difference between shrapnel and shell fragments. Shrapnel was that 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 uh-huh. that cone shaped car tr- or uh, 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 projectile that was developed by uh, I forgot his first name, but he was a British officer. Shrapnel, who said, "Yeah, if we put a bunch of ball bearings in the round and then put the fuse on there and then have it explode overhead, it'll send all these ball bearings down on infantry and it'll be way more effective than a solid shot." Okay, very old. And then in World War One, they did the same thing. If there was like a bunch of infantry advancing, that was a defensive cartridge or not cartridge opera um projectile. round i guess projectile, yeah but like for artillery i don't know what the hell they call them actually because i was an artillery guy but like um i know artillery guys would be like oh fuck you you're getting this wrong i'm sorry i was an infantryman sorry my bad but um <laughs> so anyway no but that that's the thing with shrapnel is like it's actually a specific um type of cartridge and and, and projectile that emits more than just the shell fragments mm-hmm. but it does it overhead and spits down on infantry specifically. And they would film. Yes, with they anything. use it against artillery too. Yeah. But like it's it's a very specific purposed round. And it's not because okay. Uh artillery shells that emit fragments that explode, right? Without ball bearings, yes, those are fragments. Yes, that's what that's what kills you, that's what goes around. Shrapnel is a second element that and the, the term is used interchangeably, and I, I don't understand where that came from, but it is. But like, lack of knowledge. Some, yeah, well, it's it's also like it's just, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess. But anyway, shrapnel is is that what you're describing, and that is what I thought those rounds were in this film that were like kind of whizzing and going over the top, and then you see them go off in the air. Yeah, so, it's, so like it's, it's meant to imitate the time fuse going over. Like it wasn't that much of a. Uh, that much of a, a smoke trail. I mean, you'd see it, but it wouldn't be like that. And it wouldn't be that slow, obviously either. Um, Cause you had solid shot, which was mainly just to take out other artillery pieces. Um, that was the artillery's job at the time was to eliminate each other and then work down. What was the next threat? Uh, cavalry, infantry, generals, etc. Uh, so you had solid shot um, case, which was the explosive round. Uh, the biggest thing in this movie was canister. Uh, canister is basically a tin can full of ball bearings, but the ball bearings are uh, about the size of a half dollar. They're massive. It's a massive fucking shotgun. Yes, it's a punt gun. So on steroids. So yeah. yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's about the size of this. I mean, it's it's a big canister. Yeah. But you hear also knows grape shot. Yeah, and you'll also hear um, them say stuff like. Uh, Double canister. So basically, they're loading the charge, and then they're putting two cans of ball bearings. Jesus. Down. And there's a good video. Somebody replicated. I'll see if I can find it real quick. They replicated it with um, uh, a smoothbore because you can't shoot grape shot. Same as today, you can't put yeah. buckshot down. Yeah. Um, but we well, can. It's just gonna fuck the barrel. Yeah, you'll you'll ruin the yep. barrel, and yep, you'll yep, you'll, the rifling. You'll just be done. you'll ruin your. Uh, uh, your your shot too because you're you're rifling it. Um, yeah, it's just gonna go everywhere. Yep. So they didn't show it in the film because this was supposed to be like on TV, and it was. Thank God for me as a kid watching it like every Civil War uh, Sundays in April. But um, I'll send this to Nate. 
But um, how the fuck anyone put this on TV and watched it all the way through? I don't know how. Just quick tangent. I was thinking about that. I'm like, this is why you don't see this film on TV. Like, I maybe maybe once. It was on TNT like back in the day. I remember. Oh, I remember. Like, I remember it was all the time as a kid. It was really. It, it was. It was yeah. all the time as a kid. But and that's how I knew some of these scenes. But I. I don't know how anyone has watched it start to finish on TV. I never. I never. I never saw it on TV as a kid. That would be like six hours. You know, I never saw this like on TNT or anything as a kid. I never saw it. I saw it on. Um, Probably exactly what Les said. The the, the Civil War. It was Civil Sundays. War Sundays in April, and they had like Andersonville, this Gory. Um, I just sent the the uh, Dixie chat the video, so you can see those ball bearings skipping up dust and trees and crap going down range. Um, they also put like a uh, um, a cardboard wall up. If anybody's listening, it's called Cancer Shot from Civil War Canyon on YouTube. Um. So yeah, you you can literally watch those balls bounce. Oh, off the I've ground. seen this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I've seen it. You can hear them screaming, and it's so cool because yep. uh, you can also hear the the, the brass uh, Napoleon ring. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen. I, 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 literally, it's it. When you sent that link to me, it was like I had already watched it. So. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, it's it's that's what they're dealing with, and, and that's that. Here's the thing: that's so fucking devastating to infantry. Yeah. Oh yeah, as as direct fire. That's insane. Yeah, you're not talking about you, you just knocking people out like down. thirty or forty guys immediately. Oh yeah, they're 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 out of the fight. Like, oh, yeah, they're not just like down or like yeah. scared. They're out of the fight. Like Come not on. in the movie where they just fall back. No, they they are yeah mince meat. They're done. It's done. They're done. There's nothing they're, they're that done. can be found left. There's limbs gone. There's fucking death. It's like you you're toast. Like uh, you know a half dollar is like you know uh, an inch and three or an inch and a quarter. It's like yeah. That thing coming at you at like fucking nineteen hundred feet per second, you're, you're you're toast. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge. Um, I guess to talk about um, actors and stuff. Um, we uh, I, I didn't get to open up my end. Um, but uh, we can open your I, end. I oh, thank you, buddy. Um, I <laughs> I hadn't seen I hadn't I hadn't, I hadn't seen this. Uh, it's not gave us twenty dollars. I had seen this movie before. God damn it. Fourth time starting it. I haven't seen this movie before. What? (laughs) What? Um, And you're a southerner. Don't you like watch this at birth or something? No, because it's literally my backyard. So he's a civilian watching the fucking. Yeah, you could have stopped the league. But no, you let them pass. Are we going to. Are we going to go back through this again where Les doesn't like Marylanders and you guys don't like Marylanders? Nobody likes Marylanders. You're wearing a fucking old bay hat. It's, Nobody likes that it's, shit. Yeah, it's, fuck it's, you. it's New Jersey and California. <laughs> yeah. You know, they make a lot of postcards for cities that people want to go to, like Paris or Boston. Nobody wants to go to fucking Baltimore. So that just kind of goes well, to show that, like, I, you know, I, I, I agree with that as well. So, so. You know your shit's... Uh, just go, watch The Wire, and that's all go, you need to know about Go Maryland. to the Domino Sugar... Take a picture of the Domino Sugar factory sign and, can, like, eat, eat a crab cake and then fucking leave. Can we build, like, a ramp where, like, you can drive from New Jersey, like, into Washington, D.C.? <laughs> like, you know, like, Otherwise, the squeegee boys are going to, like, attack you at the, night the, and gang <laughs> beat you. Well, no, you can't do that. You can't do that because... Uh, they could they couldn't yeah they couldn't put a uh, toll booth on the bridge because you know, your shit your state is so shitty you have to have a toll booth on every exit leaving the state 
You know, like Escape from New York, it's like Escape from Maryland. You know, it's like there's an old George Carlin joke where he's like, "Why don't we just put all the criminals in Kansas? Because who the fuck cares about Kansas?" Sorry, Sam, but fucking like you know, hey, let's just do it with Maryland because nobody cares about Maryland. At least, at least, although I I do I did find it funny because like Les was trapped. Les was traveling, I don't know for what reason, but you were traveling and like you, you were like <laughs> you were I think you went around the bellway. You're like, is these are these roads always so fucking shitty? <laughs> oh yeah, like it was we were like a dead stop for like thirty minutes. And I was like, There's gotta be a bad wreck and then I texted Nate or somebody and they were like, No, no, that's just normal. I was like, Are you shitting me? Yeah, through Chicago. Yeah. Who goes to Chicago? I'm not a gangster. <laughs> I'm, I'm very fucking far from it, but I'm just wondering if you ever had. Uh, oh, you thug, all right? Some, shit. That's <laughs> represent. Now, I, anyway. I do want to go to Chicago just for one reason: the U five hundred five. Off topic, but that's that's the only reason. I also, awesome. deep dish. Been... You you have to try it at least once. I, I, you I, have to. I'll door dash it if my door dash is negative. If I get killed. No, no, it's fine. But like, yeah, it's you no know, they. <laughs> He like shows up. He's reloading a magazine. Like fuck, <laughs> in an armored car. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, so speaking of which, though, did you all know that there uh, was prisoner uh, Civil War POW camps up there? No, no. He, he, actually, okay. So we're going to talk about this. Yeah. It's not in Chicago. It's well, Camp Douglas, yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah. Camp Douglas, which I've been to several times for official unofficial shit, is like a beautiful area. It really is like. It's a beautiful area. And then you look at the pictures and like the document yeah. documentation from Camp Douglas. They always make Andersonville seem like this fucking horror scene, which it was. I mean, you, right? It you, was disgusting. The winners write the history. I mean, yeah. Camp Douglas has the winters up here. Yep. And Camp Douglas, they had no food. They didn't give a shit. Like whatever. It was like Andersonville, except you trade the crippling heat and the bugs and the dysentery and everything for freezing cold with no fucking cold weather gear. Yep. Not good. No. And there was a shitload of Confederate prisoners who died in Camp Douglas and nobody knows where they're buried, oddly enough. That's a little fun fact. Knowing the nobody area, knows. you know, they like to put shit under airfields out there, so they're probably buried underneath O'Hare. Because there's like a ton of German planes oh, no, no, they, no, they dude, crushed this is, this, put under O'Hare. This is like no, two I, and a half hours away from O'Hare. It's a joke. Three hours. No, but like, but here's the thing is, so when you bring that up, you like to hide your crimes out there. No, 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 no. (laughs) You you bring this up. Volk Field, which is the, uh, it's an Air Force runway Mm -hmm. that's kind of connected to Camp Douglas where I flew in and out of, you know, when I deployed. There's a huge runway strip there. Right on Camp Douglas's grounds, right? Why is it nicknamed the Army of Virginia, you know, runway? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Nate. So I saw this. Fi- never saw this film ever. Okay, I'm getting back to the. <laughs> Nate, who gives a you fuck? Guys interrupted me and then ran, and I'm trying to do my first fucking hey. section of the goddamn podcast. Well, I listen, give a fuck. The adults were talking Maryland. Okay, fine. You I want your time now? As you you're know. wearing an old bay hat. <laughs> the people north and south of the Mason-Dixon line that matter were talking. You just. You just let the rebels walk through your territory, you know? You're like East Tennessee. Nobody gives a yeah. shit about your opinion. And all Mike did was guard Confederates in the cold. And right. then there's Trey. Right. And we <laughs> stayed neutral and didn't bother anyone. I did the thing. 
<laughs> I did a thing. Um, so I have never seen this film. I was very, I had a lot of, of, of kind of hesitation with always seeing it because of how many people that like Les and I know that like, like swoon over this movie. I was in it in 93. It was amazing. Oh, I was in the third row background. Oh, I was in this. It's like, okay, like, is this going to be like complete, like other crap? Um, but, and, and I, I used to have, I also used to, when I was in, like, just getting out of high school, I, I started, I was trying, I, this girl was, like, really interested in me, and I was like, no, no, no. But I was like, all right, come over for dinner, and I went over, and, like, the dad was, like, a huge Civil War guy, like, huge, like, uh, Confederate Civil War guy, and he had, like, uh, frame pictures, like portraits, and he's like, "Oh, I was in that third row there. If you see there over there, and in, in Gettysburg, and here's my VHS tapes of the fucking V, you know, the VHS thing. And I think the VHS is like eight tapes long. It's three. It's, it's no, it's two, really. It's well, yeah, it, I had I, I had one. Oh, it was, I it was, I remember it was three. Might have been three. Why yeah. was gang? Then why was gang in New York like four? If it's a shorter. Jamie, probably, how many VHS tapes were the original Gettysburg? Anyway, okay, semantics. Anyway, 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 anyway. We have to let anyway, talk. Anyway, so, so because uh, I am going to focus. Well, on that, that reminds but, yeah. me, but no, <laughs> it, it, I was very surprised with the quality of work within this. Um, very surprised because I was expecting like just a really, really, really bad time. Um, but no, the actors are really good. Um, I really, I, it's funny. Like you could count on your hands how many people were in Tombstone and how many people were in this as well. Like same time era. I think this um, was what's his name's first like big jump film. Uh, who played Pickett? Uh, uh, oh yeah. Um, shit. Uh, uh, what's his name? I can't Pickett. remember. Land. Land. Um, Stephen Lang. Lang. Stephen Lang. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I really like him and all the stuff if, he's done. Yeah. If you like him in this, if you haven't seen Gods and Generals, he plays Jackson. So he really yeah it, yeah yeah stepped it up yep. and it got so much better. But go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Um. Uh. Who is the guy uh, who was in Platoon that was also in this? What's his name? Tom, uh, Tom Berenger. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. Bon Chairman. Yeah. Surprised. Dude, he 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 played Longstreet. Because I did a little bit of research on all these guys, like the original guys, and like mm-hmm. what they looked like and like their character. Fucking Berenger nailed it. I think. Besides the hat, yes. It wasn't right. Until... Yeah, the hat bothered me too. Yeah. He did not. It wasn't. Longstreet wore Kepi. He did not wear um, oh. brim caps. Okay. The, the one thing that did get me where I realized it was him, because I was like, I thought it was him for like two hours of the four and a half hours. It's his voice, dude. And by like hour three, that's when I realized that like, this is probably Tom Berenger before I looked it up, because there's some words he says that sound just like mm-hmm. he is in Platoon. And it's only like later on. I'm not sure why. Maybe film, whatever. But like he says the words by, "maximum effort," and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. <laughs> and then by hour four, I was 99 percent sure that it was Tom Berenger. And at four hours and 35 minutes, when I went to IMDb, then I was sure it was Tom Berenger. So that's the time frame for how I figured out who this actor was. So apparently, the four and a half hour long movie. Apparently, him and Lang were big pusher for this movie. Uh, hmm. They they said like. Green actor said, like during the night, they would wander through camps and talk to people, like try to get you know, because Green actors are amateur, mid amateur historians, so they'd be like, well, actually, you know, he did this, this, and that. So they said they would walk through camps, uh, him and Lang, and they would just like suck in as much information as possible. Uh, guy that played Chamberlain in the hand, he was a complete dickhead. Jeff Jeff Daniels, he was a dickhead, really. There is. 
and it's almost in every movie. If you never, if you never heard, like he he, he goes off on set. He's an asshole. Um, now oh, I've never I have not heard that. I have yeah. no yeah. I've never like you know teach their own. You know, let me see it from my first experience. There's actually deleted scene footage of like the making of Gettysburg, where uh, he's cussing out the dude from the uh, second Maine. He's like tripping. You know, he's like you know they're not fit to to lead a Johnny detail or pull a piss out of a boot without the instructors written on the heel. He's trying to get those uh, lines right. And he's like, get these, get, get this fucking shit right. We're doing, we're, we're professionals here. I'm like, what a dick, man. Like you really want to look up to him. Like he, cause you know, he's chamber from he's, dumb and dumber. Yeah. He's wow. yeah. And somehow him and, uh, what's his name? Get, get along great for dumb and dumber. But yeah, apparently Jim Carrey. Yeah. Apparently they're, well, He's dude, so with, with that, with that, playing devil's advocate here, when you're on a set and he had a huge role. Um, well, it's been other, fucking... it's been other movies too, where. Okay, uh, so what are the other movies that you've heard of? That It was, it was released on uh, YouTube or something. I, I'm sure you could look it up, but like one of the behind the set guys who's like boom mic or something, pulled out his phone and was like kind of hiding it. And he was going off on somebody about that too. And I was like, damn, it, so it's not just, I guess he just, you know. Well, there's certain there's certain guys that will be like that on a set yeah um it's not excusing it because yeah it's a dickhead yeah. move but like there's certain guys that will do that kind of shit because they're so fucking into it and they're so stressed and like just fucking whatever so yeah i mean obviously i don't have any experience with that i haven't yeah. heard of this shit yeah. but like just playing devil's advocate it yeah might not be a, a testament to his own personal like things like but yeah i mean it is what it is. Like, you know, people I do mean, that. Like, I, um, 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 what's his name? Um, um, fucking Batman. Dark Knight Rises. Oh, uh, he, uh, Chris. Yeah. He, I, I've heard, I've heard videos of Same. him flipping out at people. Same. And it's like, but yeah, is he an actual asshole or is he just stressed out and like fucking into it so much that he's like, fucking don't fuck this up. I mean, you know? that too. And, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was filmed in uh, July. So, I mean, you're, you're in freaking wool in July. Yeah, and they filmed it in Pennsylvania, where yeah. it's fucking humid. Southern Pennsylvania, where it's humid and shitty. So speaking so, of that, though, I'm going to blow y'all's mind. And it blew my mind when I first heard it. How many battles have y'all heard? Doing research, like Napoleonic air, et cetera, et cetera. How many battles you heard of, and then there's a massive storm afterwards? Like like, like a like a, like a real weather phenomenon storm? Gettysburg was one of them. Though on the fourth day, it pissed, poured rain, like wagons and shit got stuck. So, uh, my buddy Franklin that I've told y'all about, he works for VMI and went to VMI. Hopefully, if y'all ever do uh, field of lost shoes, y'all can get him on here. Um, but he was explaining to me at, at uh, one of the events last year. So, it's a man-made occurrence. You have several oh, hundred thousand people urinating filling the canteens just sucking rivers dry the cannonading the movement so the, the moisture is coming up and rising down with bodies bodies decaying it is the the storms after events are man-made that's a very hyperbolic opinion <laughs> think about it though you have it's, it's not like hey i got 50 guys out back we're partying several hundred thousand guys in one area they're drinking, mm-hmm. urinating. They're raising that's, the temperature. That's really hyperbolic, though. Like that's all of the, it, co- the coincidental. Musketry. Yes, all the musketry going off, so the clouds, the smoke. That's 
<laughs> okay. Oh, Mike, Mike, Mike's, Mike. <laughs> Does this have to get into like a fucking like I, weather? I know, like... I know, I know where this is coming from because Mike's like super into tracking weather and everything. So this will be funny to, if he wants to go down this route. Yeah, I, I believe it. It's not I clouds. It's it. the jet stream. It's the fucking the temperature in the Pacific versus you know what what year and eighteen sixty three. Yeah. Oh, thank will, thank thank you, Trey. You fuck. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Ass. I yeah. will say this though, um, there is an occurrence in history where, after very big battles like this, there is a storm. You know? Well, sometimes, and it's like, yeah, not all the time. It, it's yeah. it's it's um what? Not all the time. Yeah, I was, I was agreeing. No, it's you. just so it seems like people. The, so why I say it's hyperbolic is because yes, it happened. Of course, like it fucking did. I think people just attribute it to like they try to relate this big thing in a spiritual sense to like all this shit went down. They try to like think about the pissing and the the fucking the musketry and all that shit. Like you were just saying, like that's not how weather works. It can be affected. No, it can't be affected by that. It's just it can't. Like even cities can't affect the weather like that like nowadays like they put up more pollution and more fucking death and destruction and just uh, pollution whatever you want to call it today than they did way back then and it's like okay Greta <laughs> oh I wish I wish this is facial I wish <laughs> the face recordings were working right now I wish, I wish we had face recording right now oh my god just fucking, as it before the, the storm before the storm hits, I did just find an article about it. Um, oh my god, that face. <laughs> Civil War battles and post-combat rain. Boom. So it looks like an interesting read. It's probably a Mythbusters thing. It's just debunked. But anyway. Look, look, Mike, I'll just say I've spent 12 years knowing less. He can, he can, he can take it and he can also dish it. So, oh no, 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 no! He, he's a fucking. He, he'll get what's coming to him. He'll get what's coming to him. But it's not not a th- not a threatening way legally. Like anybody that's listening to this, and in game, CIA, in game, in game. No, he'll get what's coming to him. Like you know, it's it's. Um, just we'll meet, to, we'll just just just, just to move. <laughs> cock punch infinity. No, okay. not a cock the, punch. That's, that's not fair. That's not the fair. um to to move the conversation along. The one thing that made me laugh. Damn, because I've never seen water? more. I, well, that too. Damn. I've also That's a huge bottle. Yeah. I'm a fat, huge fuck. I drink a shitload of water. Where do you, you want to you you equate this to a fucking storm after a battle? Maybe. <laughs> this is this is my storm after a battle, and it, I'm just it's gonna almost, say, God damn it, I'm it's like, let's get a hundred thousand of you pissing and shit in the same area, <laughs> oh, and then fuck. let's let's see. Fucking, you thought Katrina was bad. Oh, fuck you. This is going to make Katrina look like Mr. Rogers' fucking neighborhood, you fuck. Yeah. No, it's going to make Katrina look like fucking Mr. Rogers' garden fucking sprinkler. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Brian. Fuck you. I look like it hurt. Oh, it did. My neighbor. That was was crack on a crab shell face. Uh, I was trying to fight it and swallow before I fucking. Yeah. All up yeah. in my nose. Oh, so I, the worst. It's stinging. Uh, it's stinging. Uh, but we're good. Uh, so, oh, dear Christ. So I sent a link. One. I sent a link um, that that it was funny because I saw his face and I immediately knew who it was. But I was more blown away by the fucking like 
toupee on his face for facial hair. If you take a look at the guy I'm talking Who? about, take I take the you won't recognize Who? him unless you look at his face. I don't remember the actor's name. It's the guy. I don't remember the character or the actor's name. But it's Who the, the fuck? guy in the main. If you click the link, what you'll link? see his face. I'm oh, hoping you, you are. Well, for you, you it's it's impossible because you're face blind. But Les would know exactly what I'm talking oh, about. Oh fuck you, Nate. <laughs> You're not gonna no. You're not gonna do that shit that Sophie does. No, you're not gonna do that. Brian, what's up? Uh, this is interesting. So I found the basis of I think your buddy's argument. There was a book published in 1871 called War and the Weather, and it was composite of 42 different men's letters from the war comparing weather before, after, and during battles. And they said that um, it plays a different part in the whatever. It's long read, but it's that apparently it's based off of. Um, these letters from the war where they looked at weather and everything. So it's kind of interesting all the way from, you know, Pennsylvania to Florida. So they didn't understand weather at all. They were like, Hmm, look at the sky today. I think it's going to rain. Hmm. It's a little humid. Out. It. I think it's going to rain. You smell it. They didn't understand jet streams or fucking. Yeah. Cause they didn't have jets yet. <laughs> You, you, <laughs> got him. <laughs> We're all living in Trey's world tonight. <laughs> I fucking wish we would have just cleared out the entire fucking South so we didn't have to deal with your ass today. I wish the second Wisconsin would have just been able to go through, like Patton's army would have been able to go through fucking Russia. Like, hey. that's what should have hey. fucking happened, because demolished. then we would have to deal hey. with you or the, the fucking fence-sitter Marylander here, right, wearing the, the old bay hat. Hey, Mike. I, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's all you guys do. <laughs> Mike, your relatives probably fired at Trey's relatives at this battle. Mm. They actually probably did, actually. I'm not joking. Iron Brigade On my dad's side. Very, yeah. very true, because one of my ancestors fell at Culp's Hill, which is not in the movie, sadly. It's hmm. talked so, about, okay. but it's not in it. So yeah. am, I, am I imagining things, or like, did the director's cut have less of the Iron Brigade, or was I just imagining? There things? wasn't there wasn't much that much. Like you just see them walking they, past. That's about it. Well, because they because talk about they've the, got the hardy hats. Too. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah. They had different versions of the hardy hat. One with the side up, the cockade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the infantry like cord on it yep, and everything. Yep. But like, so yeah, they you saw them walk by, and then when they have the best song ever playing, "Hell in the Wabash." They're in the field coming through. That's that song will get you like motivated to do anything. Well, yeah, and like the the, the, the there's I, I really I have a fucking length to get a good Hardy hat, like an actual good one. It's like two hundred bucks. Um, I can get you one cheaper. I know a guy. He, he makes them. That's the one I've got back up here. Dude, I really fucking want one with the fucking Second Wisconsin Volunteer Infantry Regiment because like. That's I don't the, know I'm sorry, Brian, but like he might. Well, after it. this, you guys will touch tips and you'll get your Hardy hat. He'll get no, your hard. So. Yeah, well, well, but like, dude. The Wisconsin guys, like, again, every time we've been in combat, like, whether it's the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, whatever, it's weird, like, this bumfuck state in the upper Midwest always seems to do very well, and it's, like, weird, but, um, no, uh, the Hardy Hats, like, they did very, they did very well, and that's part of, like, our, our unit's, like, history, like, when I was in the 128th, like, it's, like, yeah, it's part of, like, when we have our, um, our, our like, dining outs or our balls is, like, the balls like it's whatever i know joke made just just a question do, do the do the hats make you really good at like solving mysteries 
Brent, we're not from Connecticut. We're not as smart as you, so fuck you. Well, I'm not, no, I'm like, the Hardy, like the Hardy Boys, you know? Yes, exactly. Well, I used to read the fuck out of those. I'm getting a raging clue over here. Raging clue. But anyway, um, so no, it's like it's that was really cool to see to see that because they did actually uh, when we did like the the ceremony and all that shit. They were like, you know, at Gettysburg, the second and third Wisconsin Volunteer Infantry Regiments, the Iron Brigade, um, did this and blah blah. blah. You go to the Spanish American War and all that stuff, and it goes through the lineage of like all of the battles that our regiment was in, and it goes all the way back to that. So it's pretty cool. They do mention the the railroad embankment, which was the area where the Iron Brigade did mm-hmm. fight with the. Th- it was three uh, Confederate POWs when um, the guys from Maine are talking to them. So I think that's the only other time they don't mention the Iron Brigade, but they do mention that action. So yeah, yeah, that's really weird because like, um, I mean, Little Round Top was the main guys. I know that, and like, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like the Iron Brigade was the guys that used, to my knowledge, like, please correct me if I'm wrong, Trey is like the guys when like things were really fucked they're like iron brigade let's just fucking we got to do this yeah. and like let's that, they, fucking punch through they earned didn't it. they get their name from this action no nah, i think they had it uh, prior um yeah they in the equivalent of uh the texans as, as general lee called them he said put the texans in they always move them the, the iron brigade was the iron brigade was the same way they now they they took they took heavy losses they 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 were decimated by the end of the war, but that's a consistent fucking they, thing. <laughs> like they, yeah. I mean, they didn't have like five guys left, but I'm saying they, their numbers completely dwindled. But yeah, they they earned that name. Um, they, well, they and, and, and a little work. little fun fact too is their their um, their uh, mascot became it was a bald eagle that was wounded and they rescued it mm-hmm. and like it stuck with them called Old Abe, which became the um, shoulder patch insignia of the 101st Airborne later on. So yeah. Um, and that was in that was in around this time, right, Trey? I believe so. Uh, or was it, it was in sixty four? Maybe might have been. After, yeah, it was in sixty four. Yeah, it was somewhere around there. But yeah, quick, quick thing. I looked looked it up. So the Iron Brigade was a nickname they would give out generally to units that were hard fought during the war, and they were given different nicknames. Originally, the Iron Brigade, as we know it for the Wisconsin uh, units, were they were called the Iron Brigade of the West. And over time huh. in history, it got turned into Iron Brigade, and that's just what stuck for the Wisconsin units. But at the huh. time of the Civil War, Iron Brigade was just a, like a those are those are the Iron Brigade. Those are fucking those are good troops. Those guys, like Trey was day. saying, like the Texas guys. You want you yeah. want something you want a line fucking broken and pushed into. Yeah. So the Texas boys in, and then Wisconsin is the polar opposite. You know, for the the Union Iron Brigade troops. of the West. Yeah. Yeah. Just send the Western Iron Brigade and the they'll West, fuck yeah. them up. That's fucking so. yeah, because the Wisconsin was West at that point. Jesus. It, yeah. It, yeah. Literally, you are the frontier. Eighteen forty-eight, we know? became a state, so it's like very very new at that point. So like, yeah. New England yeah, is all industry, and your guys are all like, you know, fucking. Well, you guys had the numbers, like you guys, like mm-hmm. New England had the numbers, like because they had immigrants that, and they had just had the numbers out there originally. That's the one thing that my state, Connecticut, does is that we made everything for the fucking yeah. army. Like, the Hartford, yeah, oh my god, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, yep. New Haven, Hartford, and right mm-hmm. at the fucking river, uh, Springfield Armory. Yep. <laughs> like fucking every fucking thing you could imagine, yep. we made it here. Sharps carbines. Like so yeah, it's a small state, fucking, but it's so oh, yeah. production industrialized. Yeah, yep, yep it's like, so production heavy. A random quote: um, During the Second World War, my state made ninety percent of all the end blocks that Grand shot during the Second World War. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> for the ninety percent of those fuckers were made like a hundred different factories around my state. So it's just yeah. crazy how much industry we had here back in the day. Now That's we're the Rust insane. Belt. Anyway, um, you're not the Rust Belt. You're New England. Well, the eastern segment, but anyway. Mm. Starts in 95. But 
<clears throat> yeah. But anyway, yeah, um, but it's really cool to like see that part of it in there in the film because it's like that was a pretty big like um again we were talking about like again I, I know it's Wisconsin whatever but like that was a unit that I wish they would have had more screen time with because mm-hmm. yeah the main unit units plural um they they held their own like they they did the impossible like little round top it's still studied at West Point and like how the fuck did Chamberlain pull that off have you been to the battlefield Mike I have not no so no, there's the, things against it as yeah. well so. It's not that mind blowing if you if you know more about it. So these men, okay. these the men of Georgia who pushed up the hill, had done a twelve mile forced march okay. to the east to get to that position. Um, they were waiting. Everybody sacrificed their can- canteens to go, so they don't go like as a unit to a creek to fill up. They get a canteen detail, so they'll send off yeah a few guys like, kind of like cavalry. Yeah, yeah. 12 guys for one canteen. So they sent off a detail in the middle of that detail, going away and getting water up to your post, get your rifles formation, forward march into battle. They had no water. They had just marched 12 miles in July heat. That's not good. Yeah. And then they were told to go uphill. I don't know if you've ever seen a, all it is is a piece of leather. There's no tread, nothing. If you're lucky, you'll have hobnails, which is just oh, brogans. Yes, oh, I've just, seen brogans. Yeah, they're 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 yeah, they're, they're dress yeah. shoes, basically. At best. So you're going at uphill best. in woods. So basically, you're fighting uphill in ice. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, you do that three or four times with forty pounds of gear, roughly, depending on what you're carrying: knapsack, blanket, whatever. Mm-hmm. You're missing the canteen, but I mean, you have forty rounds plus maybe of ammunition. Uh, 40 rounds, that's the equivalent of about 10 pounds of uh, ammo. Um, oh, yeah, I'm aware of that. 577. Yep. So then you go uphill balls, yeah. yep. three or four times, and you're just completely wiped. And, and it, So and really really quick, so those are the same guys coming up? They're just being redeployed, coming back down, redeployed. They're trying to find the right flank. Okay, because that, that was not clear to me in the in the film, and I didn't. I don't know much. I don't, I don't know enough about I think it. reserves came up and replaced them. But for the most, but it was part, the same unit that had marched twelve miles, and they were they yeah. didn't have any water, and yeah. But they just kept sending them up. What well, see what the, the idea was? If you'd go I'm up, I'm sorry, Brian. I just I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I just want to interject this thing really quickly. So, the battlefield of Gettysburg is like three miles long. Yep. And they do talk about that a little bit, but like the terrain varies insanely. The north end of it is like Cemetery Ridge or Cops Hill. Yeah. yeah. Like, like the northwestern part of town. And it goes all the way south to uh, the the big and little round tops. It's like a hook. So just yeah. The, yeah. And to reiterate, you know, part the center of the field or the center of the battlefield is a field. And the more mm-hmm. north of that is another field. And mm-hmm. south of it, there's a field, but also there's a little area by Devil's Den where like there's a cut. Yep. And then it goes down into this really rocky area, which was where Devil's Den is. That's the famous, every say it's haunted. Mm-hmm. And then it, it goes down a bit, and then it goes up pretty steeply towards Little Round Top. So that's kind of the oh, terrain. You know, you, you have you have fields. Because classically, you think of Gettysburg, you think of Pickett's Charge, like the field. Yeah. But no, the southern no, flank, like they did show like, yeah. for Little Round Top, was fighting in the woods. It was much more like Chickamauga or some of the other Civil War battlefields. You so know? it was, it was more was, of this instead of it was, this, what they so showed. So here's Devil's Den, and it's like very hard. Like even they say, like the worst ground I've seen in my life. It's very hard to get over Devil's Den, even with like fucking trainers or sneakers like in modern day. And then once you get down to it, it, it it's pretty low. And then it, you're like looking up at Little Round Top. 
and so then you that's now the go, worst oh, possible yeah. scenario you can be oh like my he, god yeah. like the general said in the movie you just roll rocks down on top of you don't yeah. bullets well okay so they they work okay because yeah. I'm just trying to imagine this. Because again, I've never been there. You guys, have big all round been top there. is even steeper. It's fucking. Yeah, it's, it's really it's, insane. It's in, it's insane. If when see when you go see it in person, Mike, whatever day that like, might dude, be. the paved roads are like this. Yeah, and that's like that's yeah, like you oh, know good so gradient. That that, that that paints oh, a better yeah. picture. It's like yeah. Okay, so now that that makes more sense as to why they could hold them off because it's like again you can just throw rocks at, like. And then they just did a 12 mile forced march, which is not. It's not walking. Oh, yeah. You're, a force march for people that are listening means you are like basically jogging. Yeah. At minimum. Rifleish, right um, shoulder shift, and you're just kind of like a nice little spring. In jog. the heat, wearing yeah. wool with shitty shoes. And then you get there with and no water. Shoes. And then you have to go up. Oh my God. So, okay, that explains it. So, okay. that's, well, since you said that, we'll go on that fucking tangent. There was never a fucking stockpile of shoes in Gettysburg. There was never okay. an idea of stockpiles in Gettysburg. That was a scapegoat that um, Heath used later on after the war, later war and after the war to say, this is why I went into Gettysburg. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I thought so, that there were shoes there. That was a scapegoat. I had always heard that, or that it was a hub for manufacturing shoes. There, there was no stuff, facility so. to even do that or store them. What was Gettysburg? I don't know. Was it just like an agricultural town? It was it a was hub. Bi- built up a little bit. It was a hub. Just a crossroads. It was a college and a hub. Yeah, it was it, literally there was, was like the college. Yeah, there was like eight roads going out of uh, Gettysburg. So that that was you control that. Oh yeah, okay. It's like the okay, Battle of Bulge. Yeah. Well, yep, yep. Yeah, it, it's that's south, what I was just gonna say. Yep, yep. It's south of Harrisburg, and while we're on the subject, so that's where Jeb Stewart was. Jeb Stewart went north, and he burned a bridge um, yep. south of Harrisburg yeah. uh, over the uh, Susquehanna River. I don't know what it is. Getting his name but, on the Yankee Pipers. <laughs> but yeah right you know but yeah he literally rode north and he was going to burn harrisburg i'm listening i'm just gonna get more water i'm yep. out so. and then that's where he was he was north of it you know harrisburg is the capital yeah. of pa and there's really not a lot in that part of pennsylvania you know to really yeah. stop them if if lee was able to actually wheel right so lee around was, the, the, yeah, the lee right was against going into enemy territory he did not want to do that at all uh but he was being pushed from the rear. Hey, you need to go into enemy territory. The reason he did so was because the federal army was living off the land of Northern Virginia. So they were, you know, the top rails, they call it the top rail of a, of a split rail fence. Mm-hmm. That was the only board allowed to be used as fire. But hmm. the catch 22 is every board is the top board when you take it off. So every unit coming by would take that board off. So, all the fences were gone, the cattle, hmm. uh, livestock, all of it was gone. So the northern part of Virginia was just, for lack of better terms, just raped of any any type of uh, substance. Um, hmm. Food, firewood. Like if you look at any photos of the war, it's like a barren wasteland. Like there's no trees. Because no, if, if there was a, a winter camp, everything was either cut down for lodging and or firewood. Just it's barren, um, especially around Petersburg. But Lee wanted to give Northern Virginia time to recuperate and rest, so he took his army into northern or to uh, Pennsylvania. Um, and it shows in the movie where he was like, you know, they will all be compensated for this. If there's any type of uh, theft or anything, I want to hear about it, and they would be compensated. And he was like that through the whole time of the war. I've, I was reading a book here recently about Petersburg where a federal officer 
walked out of line. He was a POW, walked out of line and walked up to General Lee and said, one of your privates took my uh, my slouch hat. And most people were like, ah, he's not going to get his hat back. General Lee looked down at him and was like, can you point the man out that has your hat? And he did so, and General Lee made him give the hat back. Wow. <laughs> Damn. But well, he was a he was a man of honor. He was a gentleman's yeah. gentleman. Yeah, he, he was he was a great guy. Uh, but I mean, there was no there's no shoes in Gettysburg. It was mainly just a hub. Um, it was just a blunder on Heath's part. Um, but Gettysburg as a whole on the Confederate side, to me, just is just a perfect storm of everything that could go wrong. Heath getting engaged, uh, pushing in, um, them not taking Culp's Hill or Cemetery Ridge. Uh, not going around the right flank, uh, all this stuff going going south, for the black and better terms. Well, it seems like they had a plan, you know, to to do this set piece battle, very much like a Montgomery plan from the Second World War. Everything is you know figured out. We'll fight them on our our terms, and then it just cascaded into this thing where they got sucked into it. Yeah, definitely. And Both sides. now, yep. then yeah, and then now they have to fight it out. Um. And I have been told when I had that really good tour that even if they did break through the lines, there was a secondary federal or union line that was being set up like 10 miles east of Gettysburg that was going to stop them with apparently reserves and stuff. So yeah, if they, they even were, did break through, yeah. there's like there would have been, you know, the battle like they have the reenactment in that town. I think it's like new something or whatever. I forget. New sure. Oxford. Yeah, I think it's it. Um, yeah, it's like town of Eastern Gettysburg. They have this big World War II reenactment there. So like they would have stopped him at that point, you know, um, or, or, or attempted to. But um, no, it's just very interesting. Again, it's like two big, massive armies that just get sucked into this action on this really defensible ground, you know? Yeah, like it says, like fate. It just it happened yeah. the way it did, and it ended. So, so why do you think, Trey um, – I mean, it's kind of a rhetorical question in a sense, but it's really not – in a sense as well. So why do you think that Lee knowing all the risks said, just take these Hills, like go over on the right flank, just cut around there and like get around them. Even knowing, you know, that long street was like, this is not, this is not going to be good. Like just well, well, long street wanted to push around behind the mountains and come up behind the, like but, hit, hit the uh, supply lines basically. And so that would have taken longer though. Right. A few hours, maybe if that, because um, you got to remember, also, they don't know the lay of the land. They just know that there's two hills here. That that was what ridge. Lee did mention in the film, yeah. and I don't know how historically accurate that is. But like, so was that true, or he just he had seen it, but he didn't actually know? Yeah, I mean, you, you just kind of have a. I think they picked up a map somewhere, but that's it. That's all they had. Um, you don't know what the roads look like. If they're a, a trail, uh, for wagon road, what you don't know what it is. So um, this, this was just a fucking night. It was a fucking catastrophe for them because yeah. they were caught in every, in every aspect, like the recon that wasn't like, even if you have the cav go around, they're going to get fucked up. And like, no, up to this point it, though, the, the Confederate cavalry had basically just utterly embarrassed the, uh, the federal forces. Um, you said Jeb, up until this point. Yeah. Uh, Jeb Stewart. Okay. Uh, yeah. He, That'd be a good, interesting conversation too to see who would be better, Jeb Stewart or uh, Forrest, because Lee gave—I uh, think it was Lee gave uh, Forrest the nickname "the Wizard of the Saddle." Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. Jeb Stewart, uh, that, that dude was like—he was gifted. Uh, he was the best cavalryman that, he, that Lee well, knew. Well, dude, said. 
really quick. He was quick a pre-war cavalryman too, with like John Brown yes. and everything. Yes. Yeah. Really quick interjection is like, it's going to be very controversial for a lot of people that don't understand anything about history. Um, the Confederates, in my opinion, had the better leaders, the more skilled and talented leaders. Technically, yes. Most of the... They did not... Yeah, because most of them were prior... They were yeah. prior union officers and whatever. And um, they were just like more... Very more specialized and good at what they... Like a good cavalry officer like Stuart and, 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 and Forrest. They were so good at being cavalry guys. Just like um, fucking uh, uh, Sam Elliott's character, um, um, uh, Buford was really good. They had that on the other side and like but the Confederates had in my opinion more very good officers like that, like mm-hmm. field grade officers. They just didn't have the numbers obviously and the logistics and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. What what I think it comes down to and Trey correct me if I'm wrong is that, you know, they the southern generals were better at delegating. Like there's a really good book out there called Lee's Lieutenants where it's like, you know, Lee's people view Lee as like this amazing guy and he was good at some things, but he was also very good at delegating and having Mm -hmm. his lieutenants do the work for him. And then he's like, Oh, look at you brought me a great plan. Let's do it. You know? So I think that's the difference. Meade and like the other, you know, things they were very just, they weren't fluent, rigid Western, Mm -hmm. like West point. Like what do you expect? Like administrators, like, you know, they move slow. You're a classic kind of bad general, but the Southerners are kind of, they had a, a, they could really digest things quicker. And that was what really they learned at Bull Run and yeah. Fredericksburg and everything. And, and they could that, also this, work mm-hmm. to like they knew what what they knew what the other person was going to do or say or or what they would like. He'd be like, yeah. "I want you to go here," so the general would get there. He'd be like, "That's high ground. I should have that." So he would go, and General Lee or whoever would be like, "All right, he he's going to be in good command there. I think he's going to take that hill or whatnot." But up to this at this point, it started deteriorating. Uh, mm-hmm. Longstreet yeah. was like, "Hey, you know," and that's that's another thing too. Lee had just had a stroke like a month prior. Oh, he did. Yes, so that's why his judgment was off. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he, I think it was like a month prior or several mm-hmm. weeks. So that Madman Hitler, it's Madman Lee. So he 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 had, his judgment was kind of off. Um, so how well was that? How well was that portrayed in this film? It's not. They didn't say it at all. Yeah, because that's why I didn't know that. Because it's like. It would have been nice to like, I mean, because Gods and Generals, it shows like Lee before the war started and everything, blah, blah, blah. Now, I don't know when and, that came out that he had a stroke. That, that was dev- uh, divulged possibly recently. Because you got to remember this, this movie's, oh, uh, shit, 32 oh, years old. So you, well, yeah, the yeah, film but, came out on, on 130th, 93. So this so, is 30 years after the so fact, this is know? So this is new knowledge you're saying, May, Trey? Maybe. I don't know when that knowledge was presented. But hmm. apparently, a week, uh, about a month prior, he had some kind of medical incident, and from my understanding, they presumed that it was a stroke. Um, hmm. And he had other ailments oh. later, later in the war, or actually the year. Was it this the same year or the year after? It might have been sixty. I think it's sixty-four. Um, like he had other ailments that it compounded. Um, he recovered, but not not enough. Um, oh, that's interesting. But as he had like. So take uh, General Burnside, for example. The Fredericksburg mm-hmm. campaign on paper is fucking magnificent. It's perfect. But you have all these too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Hey, I'm going to do this, do that. Where the fuck are my pontoons? They're like six weeks late. I mean, it would have been perfect. He would have got to Richmond well, bef- well before uh, the Confederates would have. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it just the bureaucracy and the bullshit of, you know, all, all officers and stuff. 
Um, that seemed to be like what you're saying is like, it seems to be a lot less on the Confederate side. It's like, Hey, like even in this film, even if it's not totally accurate, which no film really is, but like, it seems like, you know, he trusted Longstreet. He trusted all the rest of his generals, you know, like, okay, just tell me what's going on. We just have to be transparent. Okay. Um, I want you to do this. I don't think that's in good judgment. Okay. But it has to be done. Yeah. But there's, there's, like I said, there's the first puzzle piece that falls or the domino that falls. When he, okay. When he tells, uh, I think it's Yule. Yeah. Well, he tells the the, uh, the the runner, take that hill if practicable. Open ended. And it, pretty much, armchair general. Yeah, it's it's a hill. You know, the, the high ground always wins. Anakin. Sure. So, sure. <laughs> if you yeah. take the high ground, you you have uh, you know you've doubled your your forces basically. Oh, it's, it's, it's basic fucking military. Exactly. It's basic military knowledge. Yeah. Now yep. he had just become, he, he'd just taken that command. So he was being over cautious, over precarious. He's like, I don't want to take my men up there. If we don't need that hill, lose men that I don't need to lose. Mm-hmm. So he's being, he's not comfortable in that position. So, but he did not think it was practicable. You know, that, that was, if he had the hill, I don't think it would change the outcome of the battle. But then again, still, he did yeah. not, you know, that that was the first domino that fell over. Uh, not going around the flank, you know, not having uh, uh, Jeff Stewart. It's just a perfect storm of everything. That could and then you have wrong. another general pissed off at you yep. because you didn't fucking do that. Exactly. And then it creates waves. And yep. it's like, that's not good either. No. Uh, that, so that, that's where it started. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. It's like, that's where it started to fall apart yep. right there. And... It doesn't matter how good your your commanders are. If that shit starts falling by the wayside, you're fucked. I mean, that's what happened the first two years of the war with the Federal Army. You had people gunning, you know, like uh, they said in the U-boat war, he was itching for, you know, he had a sore throat, he was itching for a command. You know, he was looking for that Iron Cross. They Everybody's trying to grab each other's throats, trying to make their way up. And if right. somebody under you, who you know, it's not time and service, it's who they think it's best. So I might have got a commission last year, and you've had it for five years. If they think I'm better, I'm getting the position above you, and that creates a lot of murky water. Yeah, and that that so what I noticed is like, so how accurate was this? Is like, um, the uh, the Confederate officers. We'll talk about the Union guys in a second, but like the Confederate officers, they all know each other by their first name, right? They all they're all respectful, of course. Like Southern people are, they say, sir. And I think that was like used more than what like northern people would think. It's like it's not being disrespectful. It's just like you call you call an older guy sir. You just yeah. call people sir in the south. Like that's what you do. But like they they treat each other with a amount of respect. That's like, hey, we're colleagues. We're working together. We all know our shit. And if you want to question me and like have a discussion, let's do it. Yeah. Versus the north or the Union Army was like. No, this is how it's going to be done. Yep. And it's like, that's the way, it, you know, so is that, was that, was that pretty accurate for that time? Yeah. From my understanding. Yeah. I mean, um, most of the federals were, you know, kind of by the book or their egos were huge. Um, but then you get Chamberlain, which we'll talk about in a second. That's what I wanted to talk but about. He, but like, but yes. he was not career military. He was a Bowdoin college professor. Exactly. So that's why. So yeah, he but, brings, like, um, he brings quote unquote, the, the evenness. That you need, which is unusual as fuck. But like, so the Confederates, um, they they were portrayed 
the way they were portrayed, the the, uh, the field grid officers uh, mm-hmm. in this film, or the gen- uh, field grid, yeah, it's generals and stuff. Um, was that accurate to your knowledge? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I don't, I don't really see anything wrong with what they were doing, portraying, or saying. Um, like they they had it down packed. Um, even the uniforms looked great. Yeah, I don't know anything about like. I mean, I know the basic bitch shit, but like they they looked good to you. Like the insignia, um, a, the... Yeah, there was a few things that I saw. Like uh, I think one of the aide de camps, it looked to me like his right side buttons were too high because the epaulet or the, uh, mm-hmm. the 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 flap covered his uh, his right rank. So I think if you would like lowered all the buttons, it would have lowered it down a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that's just fit and finish, like because you got to remember these things were not made in China. On a mass production scale, no, they were scale. handmade. They yeah. were handmade to Hand the tea to the person, and the person that was doing it was doing it for a living. Um, like in guys in General Jackson, he wore his federal blue uniform into most of his battles. Yes, until yeah. Je- uh, until Jeb Stuart was like, "I'm going to buy him a jacket." Mm-hmm. Jeb Stuart. It's probably him. the equivalent of like a thousand bucks nowadays, but he was yeah. probably just like, "Hey, oh, yeah. I'm going to get you a custom a custom." I jacket. see him. I see him pop up online every now and then, like a reproduction. Yeah, officers' yeah. jackets around seven hundred to a thousand, depending on what you have on it. Yeah, it's, all it's the same prices because, like, you you cannot get that made mass manufactured. No. You have to get it made no. custom tailored. And like, so today, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying is like a, over around a thousand bucks. So he had probably just been like, "Here's a thousand bucks. Get him a fucking yeah. proper now, officer's coat." Yeah, I think you got per diem too from the Confederate government to purchase. I think yeah. your sword, pistol, and uniform. I think. Hmm. Um. If you didn't already have one, no one really had one unless you were like militia, but then it's completely different. But um, yeah, the the uniforms, they were very, very peculiar and specific. Um, but they, but in the film, you thought they were overall very good? Yeah, like even, uh, you know, because Longstreet's a Texan, he had Texas State buttons on his jacket. Oh, he did? Yeah. Shit, I didn't notice that, yeah. Because I, I, well, I was looking for it. I was like, I wonder what Bud Yeah, of course, yeah. Because he's the only, he's the odd duck out. He's not a Virginian in the Army of Northern Virginia. For sure, yeah. He's a Texan. Yeah. Really, that's awesome. That's a great, dude, that's a great touch. Like, whoever was doing wardrobe, like, mm-hmm. did their research or, yeah, that's good. I mean, that, that's kind of shit I was asking you about because I don't fucking know. And I don't know, Nate and Brian, do you guys know about the uniforms? Uh, the North wears blue and the South wears gray. <laughs> right. Um, it's got butternut. It's butternut. Right? I, I thought it was very interesting though. Like you mentioned with the one guy that wore federal blue. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, well, that's we in have a, generals. Oh, yeah. That's in oh, okay. generals. Yeah. Cause he, we have, know, he was three like, of us have a, a mutual friend, uh, who's good to our reenactments, Andrew Kamir. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's a really cool guy. He now does civil war full time and he makes like the most insane civil war uniforms ever. Gorgeous. And I always used to see his posts. Like uh, where he talks about this crazy fucking Southern stuff, because again, all the States, they had to figure stuff out and locally source materials. So like you get tons of, of variations within the same army. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just fascinating. It's like, here's an Alabama volunteer shirt that was made for six months in 18, yep. whatever. And it's just like, it looks completely different than the late war or the late that year, Alabama volunteer shirt, you know, and that's just one piece of you know clothing. It was like, so this, like it's like the uh, Vermont jacket. The uh, I was just going to yeah. say that the, the Richmond, yeah. the Richmond jacket. You had the Richmond Depot one, two, and three, and as they went on, they made it simplified. They got rid of the buttons. They got rid of uh, certain uh, elements. I mean, just yep. As war goes on, things get simpler or uh, less less resources. Well, and from my understanding, it happened with the Union 
at a slower pace, but like it still did. And then with the Confederates, it was like fucking, it was like late war Germany the whole way through. They were just like, simplify, simplify, simplify. Yeah. Like, now they, you know, they started off at the beginning with a kiss message, a kiss method. Uh, keep it simple, stupid. They yep. had this sack coat, four buttons. Yep. It looked horrible, but it did the it did the job that it was designed yep, 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 to, yep. to be a blue uniform. It wasn't like you, you had the New York State jacket, and I think that damn thing had like thirteen buttons. You just right. spent yeah, half the, the morning the, the, just buttoning the damn thing yeah. up. But um, yeah, the, the the generic sack coat that the Federals had was four buttons, nothing else. I mean, it was simple. It was. It was what it was designed to be a simple. And thing. also I, I noticed a lot of the uh, Confederate guys wearing the, uh, uh, union blue trousers, the light blue trousers. It, I, I know it was accurate to an extent. I just don't yeah. know what year and like whatever. Um, so what do you think about that? Um, I don't think you'd see it as much, but yeah, I mean, if my, my pants are ratted, hold out, burnt, whatever, and I pass a depot or whatnot of federal blue trousers, you're damn right. I'm going to put them on. Okay, so it's on a scale from one to ten. How accurate was that for uh, Gettysburg? I'd probably say about a seven. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Cool. Because um, I mean, you you're not yeah. really getting refitted that much, um, especially when you're in enemy territory, marching through their territory. The wagon trains are not going to be be carrying that kind of supplies. You're self sufficient at that point. Um, yep. You're going. You're going through the local farms or whatnot and grabbing food and and also and, pants are not like the thing that's gonna distinguish you in combat no you know it's like your 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 blouse or your sack coat or your tunic or whatever the fuck you're wearing is going to distinguish you from the other guys and so I mean, pants even late war like my my buddy he's a a ranger at sailor's creek um there's a very famous incident um it's written down in a journal uh, i think the officer told his men not to wear the uh the sky blue winter coat the, the great coat and one kid was he's like I'm, I'm too cold i cannot be without it because it's in april in virginia yep. that, that could be 90 degrees or 12 degrees um so he had it on and he was killed by friendly fire he was shot dead in the back yep and mm-hmm. he to the point that he grabbed a bullet like it, it stopped in the front of his jacket and he opened it up and i think he reached out and he handed it to somebody he said tell, tell give this to my father and tell him it killed me Oof! Because he was wearing a they they found they had a stockpile I think of blue greatcoats. Yeah, you have to throw them away. There just randomly, but I have another story of that uh, from a Russian memoir from the Second World War, where like they're in an attack and they're going and doing stuff, and all of a sudden, you know, because again, in, with adrenaline stuff, you, you look for features. Yep. So you make a quick decision on features you see compared to whatever, and then you, you make an action. So he, this guy's coming out of a trench and he sees a German helmet, so he shoots. And all of a sudden, he hears a bunch of yelling in Russian. And it was a Russian soldier that was wearing a German helmet. And he's like, what the fuck? Why'd you shoot me? And he's like, why the fuck are you wearing a German helmet? And just walked away. And it's like, this is your problem. You yeah. got yourself shot on your own <laughs> volition, you know? But again, it's like, yeah, it just you make those split-second decisions. And it's like, mm, F-A-L-F-O. So. Yeah, you have to. Um, yeah, so, Nate, what do you got? What? <laughs> you just listening? Like... I feel bad. Like I've been talking for so long, like with Trey, but like I had a few questions because I don't fucking know anything about the shit about this context. Right. No, it's fine. I mean, it just I, I I don't know much about it, the history other than the fact that it's close to me. Um, you know, 
It was very in close. your backyard. It's actually really cool. Like honestly, like because like um people just discount Maryland. Like yeah, we joke about it. Ha ha, you're from Maryland. <laughs> fuck you. But like um no, we we do that. But like though, there was a lot of history in like in, especially in the American <laughs> Civil War. Sorry, sorry. Less less just brought uh, up. I think the. No, I know, fucking, I know. So he, he got some Southern comfort out. Fucking jugs <laughs> yep. of fucking moonshine or something. I don't but know. no, and I know, I know you've been to Gettysburg. You've been to Gettysburg and all, everything. Like, um, I'm just, I, I just, yeah, I kind of wanted to ask him about the uniforms and shit that I saw. So, like, I yeah. Can, well, um, the only, the only thing I can attest is that you know, I, I think I, I tried to jump in, but I, I think I got lost in the commotion. Is um, little, little round top is as crazy as it sounds in terms of like the look of it like um yeah if you were if you were to go there yourself eventually which i'm sure you will it it's, I will. i'll it's, go there with you guys yeah yeah well it's it's incredibly um we have to go there with trey <laughs> yeah, well, so i said you guys guys all of you fuckers trey's here oh wait a special go there with you guys. Utes, Utes guys yeah <laughs> we have a singular pool mike Utes. you and me will approach from the east trey will come from the south and then we'll meet in the middle of the battlefield. I'm going to wear a fucking hardy hat, and I'm going to club his ass to death. Sounds no good. bayonets. And, I'm just going to club I'll, your ass to death. I'll take a bunch of lead soldiers and melt them down to the bullets, and then I'll <laughs> give them to you. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Don't make me laugh. My tailbone's still fucked from, yeah, me being an idiot on a bike. But, like, oh, God <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how much that hurts when you laugh. Okay, I'm glad you said on a bike because I was about to open that into yeah. a conversation. Oh, fuck time. off, Nate. So yeah, so like I was saying though, that that when you actually see a little round top in person, it, it, it you look yeah. at it and go, hold, how the fuck did anyone look at that and go, that would be a feasible idea? Well, that's that's the thing that, like that what Trey is describing and like you guys are describing. It's like, I mean, again, wearing no gear, with nothing, like Brian said, like just sneakers, like it's a bitch to get up that. Much less getting shot down at, mm-hmm. and that's and that's just and that's just you know the the sheer rock faces with with elevated positions, the whole um, main uh, contingency, excuse me, the whole main contingency stuff. That's even more. That's even it's insane. It's not as insane as sheer like rock cliffs, but it's very very um, crazy to think of charging up like wooded hill slopes like that. Yeah. You know, it's that's also insane. Well, yeah, even in general, like even I'm sorry, Brian, I'll, I'll finish this really quick. Even with modern weaponry and all that shit, it's still insane to like charge up a fucking hill. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Like you avoid and then, that at and all then costs. Take, and then take volleys of lead. Yeah, it, it's yeah. just not smart. It, yeah, it's insane. And big round top is even worse because the front face of it's bald and it's even steeper. So it's I think one insane. of them was during yeah. the battle was bald. Like it was... There was nothing think, there because it was cut down for little, firewood. I think it might have been Little yeah, Round Top. Yeah, I, I, was it, I think Little Round Top was, well, again, one of them, whatever. I think one but, of them um, Yeah, but I know the front, because they have the monument on top of Big Round Top and everything. Yeah. With all the, you know, the New York State and everything shit. I don't know how they didn't That's get That's the crazy thing. I don't know how they didn't get too, shot. Right. The That's the crazy thing, too. When you drive up and down the, uh, the battlefield or when you walk it and everything. All the monuments from all the states. Like you go down the Confederate yeah. side, and it's like you know you get the Iron Brigade, and then you get the Virginians and the Georgians and the Alabamans and Tennessee got everything, and then you go up the you know east side, and it's Maine, New York, Pennsylvania, Vermont, Connecticut. It's like insane. Every single state made their own memorial. So it's like you go two hundred feet, it's this one. Two hundred feet, it's this one. Two hundred feet, it's this one. It's it's pretty cool. So 
the unit I used to portray when I first got into uh, reenacting, their uh, their flag was captured at the modern day. It's called the angle. There's two 90 degree turns in the rock wall, and that's where the uh, flag of the 19th was captured. And the I don't know how it was identified because the 19th 19th VA was cut out of the uh, the flag. Um, and it's preserved. It's in Richmond in the museum, or it was. I don't know if it's been taken off display or not. But uh, yeah, just little things like that. You you get up to the wall, and the high the the, the modern term is the the hot the high tide of the Confederacy. Yeah, I was just gonna get into that. Like when you stand at that little copse of trees and you look across that battlefield, and you realize that you know within a yard the Confederate front line got to this fucking you know. Some of the vanguard got to this position. Yeah, this is the high watermark of the Civil War. And these you men know? were not battle tested; they were fairly green because, like Pickett said, they had not been in any kind of uh, an engagement of this magnitude. They'd missed most of the engagement. Well, even if they were, would that have mattered? Do you think? No. I mean, they were getting gunned yeah. down. They they couldn't do nothing. Yeah, but exactly. I mean, they 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 stood their ground, or not? They kept going. They did not stop. Um, what? I- I think it's interesting too, after going to the battlefield is that, and they do show it, they don't tell it, they don't say it, but they show it towards the end of Pickett's charges. There was that farm that had that red barn in the middle of the fucking battlefield, mm-hmm. the center of it, right on the Edmundburg road or whatever it was, or right a little bit off of it. And, you know, they got to there and they still had to go up that really steep, like, you know, quarter of a mile walk. And it, it's just like insane. They got halfway there. They, you know, like we can still do this and everything. But it was that last half mile that they just got fucked. And, you know, and I think there's stories of that I think there was a, some little bit of fighting that was happening around that red barn because um, I know that it was shot to shit and it's still there, which is fucking insane. I know one of them got burnt down because they there was Confederate snipers in it and they were like, <laughs> burn that bitch down. Oh, speaking <laughs> yeah, right? of that. OK, OK. Can we please talk about this? The guy that got General Reynolds. How Hollywood was that? Or how accurate was that? I knew this was going to come up. Um, it's it's like the equivalent of modern day. You know, you're on a patrol. One shot. Oh my God, it's a sniper. Well, sure, but like uh, he wasn't so popped can, in the head. He was popped in the, uh, I think the lower yeah, torso. Yeah, in the side. Yeah. So yeah, it could have been just a straight bullet liver shot. It yeah. sounded like. Yeah. It could have been. Um, so my question was, okay, you've got that equipment on a fucking actual rifle, right? Would that Confederate sniper, we'll call him, have been that close and on the front line, or would he would he been back, or what? What? what you know, that, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm asking. I don't yeah. I don't know how the Confederate snipers were deployed because I mean, you had the the second United States sharpshooters, which were man to a T with sharp rifles, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but the Confederate snipers, I mean, they God, they they had Whitworth rifles, and. I think to today's standards, they're like twelve hundred bucks. Or no, today they're twelve hundred dollars reproduction. But I think back then the Confederate currency converted to British uh, doc, uh, yeah. money it was like twenty grand. Damn. Because, but that rifle with with the Whitworth ammo to today's standards still holds up. Because is that it is the a square. It's an octa- octa- octagon. That's what it was. Yeah, octagon. it's an octagon bullet with an octagon barrel. Yeah, um, you can only fire like two times. You need to clean it thoroughly. Hmm. Um, wow. Because it's so it's fight is yeah. tight fitting. 
that's why I was asking, like, um, because here's the thing is like that whole engagement was like, it was, you know, he, he the, the, the sniper seemed like he was on like the front lines, just fighting in line combat or kind of like unorganized line combat. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Them. I'm sure there's like some evidence you can go deep into, but I, I don't. I mean, so you don't, you don't know like where they would be positioned or like how they would operate. I'm not really sure. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Cause that's, that's it's, like, uh, it's the equivalent of, you know, the hundred first everyone. No one does it. So no one knows those. No one knows any information about them. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no one really does but, Confederate sniper, and if you do, everybody's like, "What are you? What are you doing?" What's well, the thing is, they were so few and far between. Like that's why I was asking. Like, I would surmise, based on no knowledge whatsoever, that he probably, if if it was a Confederate sniper that picked him off, he probably would have been farther, a little bit farther back, in more concealment, mm, whatever. But like, maybe. I mean, those, those optics aren't like today. I mean, you're only probably. Oh, getting, oh, I, I, I know they're they're basically. You're, like you're probably getting five power. Yeah. yeah, you're you're probably getting like a four times zoom at that. Like yeah. the the equivalent of maybe of an ACOG. And even then, well, like, you don't because have it a, was so expensive. You know, that's what I'm asking. Is like massive. Would they put him a little bit behind and like, okay, you are picking off officers, yes, but like, you know, he was deployed by horse. No, I mean, I think you know, they obviously they were not deployed in like hundred killer teams, like two men, like in For the, sure. the Russian sure. standard, but. I think they were embedded with infantry, but I don't know to what degree. Like in yeah, Cumberland, me either. Because like in yeah. Cumberland, Virginia, the one the, the very very short small battle, uh, Co- Confederate Whitworth round bullets had been found, like in, in camp and in mm. yeah. So they they were they were abundant. They uh, the Confederate government did purchase quite a few Whitworth rifles. Mm-hmm. Shockingly, now going on my shitty memory i think there's only a few scoped uh evidences of whitworth rifles well that's the thing is like that's what we say in this podcast all the time it's like it's better to say you don't know uh-huh. than to just bloviate and like fucking start rumors that people perpetuate in comments all the yeah. time on youtube like the so, grand no, it's fine. People, like yeah, yeah. It, it's like if we don't know we don't know it's like fuck it's it's difficult it's it's a very it's a extremely niche hey brian niche not Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Nietzsche was a fucking Joe Dierte. Yeah. So it's a very niche. It's a very niche it's subject. Very niche. Oh, Brian. Nikkei. Yeah. This is my side of the Hudson. But anyway, no, it's it's like it's it's good because like I don't know and you don't know and it's like it's so fucking. There's probably gonna be like maybe I guarantee one guy you, that, I'm guarantee there's a book on Confederate snipers that would cover it. Maybe I'm sure there is. Um, Walmart. Well, I'm sure a lot of this shit's wrong too, because it's like coming next fall from Ian McCullough, <laughs> Confederate snipers in at Gettysburg. Uh, he, yeah. he he did do an episode on the Whitworth. I don't know if he covered it or not, but no, but like it, it's so it's because I've heard about it. Obviously, like they did exist, but it was like so minuscule on oh, the yeah. scale of like whatever. And it's like also records were not good back then. It's like they could have been destroyed. They could have whatever it's like i'd like to know more but like i will also want it to be accurate and then again they might the confederacy is such an odd duck i mean they could have been a private purchase i mean you could have exactly you could have you could have private purchased a uh a, and we would never know no so yeah, unless there's the photo like, ev- yeah, unless there's photo evidence so okay so like getting back to the film is like that scene what do you think about that um, I, I think it's decent, but I think it's kind of a uh, Hollywooded up to like he's 
I mean, sure. obviously, you're not going to be like covered in a ghillie suit and like crawling slowly. So, I mean, I think it was decent representation. Plausible, yeah, definitely, definitely plausible. Plausible. Okay, I mean, yeah. he's he's in the woods. Apparently, those woods uh, were not that overgrown during the the war. There's a picture that was out that um, it's it's wooded, but it's not like covered in uh, what was that stuff called the uh, the poison underbrush? Oak. Yeah, well the Kutsu, the Kutsu and uh, oh, Kutsu. Well, yeah, stuff. Kutsu wasn't around then, but like, uh, well, here it was in Japan, but like not here. But like, because uh, up here it's we've got a lot of undergrowth. We always have, and in Pennsylvania, I'm pretty sure it's a lot less undergrowth because it's older well, it's, growth trees. It's, it's farm too, so you would have yeah. all the animals out there just going to town. Oh, sure, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's so it's plausible, but it's like. Somebody shot Reynolds, General Reynolds. Definitely. Somebody shot him and killed him. Now, it's not like... uh, Who shot General Reynolds? I can't remember who the general was, but... Was uh, he in the the bell tower of the Cemetery Ridge? Speaking of that, though, there's no CGI in this film, but that is the only mind or uh, visual object that's being obscured. So when you see... The, the zoomed out shot of the seminary with Buford in the uh, tower, that backdrop behind it is actually a period photo taken from the tower. Oh, colorized. That's why it kind of looks kind of off, but it's Super not CGI. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, huh. so I'm because that now is all that. modernized, you know, yeah. McDonald's and shit, well, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's right. a modern, it's a, a period photo taken from the bell tower. Super and then color, colorized. There's the East Road that goes out, that goes through pra- Traveler's Lodge and all the fucking bullshit. So yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but what do you call it? Uh, there, I was thinking it was either a mat, like a green screen. These used to call them mats back in the day. They were blue. Or um, a matte painting. And matte paintings are basically a painting on glass that you superimpose an image on, and then you shoot a very small segment of it on. And then you have, you know, you're, you're, it's kind of like forced... Uh, I'm not, I'm not. Way. I'm not sure. They which did one a lot did. of. Um, they did a lot of Star Wars matte paintings. Yeah, yeah. Like the the very famous scenes, like inside the Death Star and stuff. They're basically all matte paintings. Uh-huh. If you look like two or three back, I just saw some tangent. Um, what Empire or the Return of the Jedi in theaters, and now I know about this. So like, I, if you look at like the third or fourth Stormtrooper back, is a paint is a fucking piece of paint. Yep. And they get less and less detail. So when I saw that, I was like, well, that's really cool because again, it's all modernized. And second, like, how exactly they do that? It was a little off, but that makes complete sense. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I don't know how they did it, um, but like I said, it is a period photo taken from the bell tower or the observation tower, what do you want to call it? And then they have colorized it and imposed it. Um, also, speaking of uh, modern filming, um, this is the first film, if I remember correctly, this is the first film to use a camera on a drone. Really. And, I was going to ask how they did some of the shots because it was shot down. <laughs> if you want, really? if you rewatch it, the helicopter is coming. It's coming in lower and lower and lower, and the last yeah. cannon's like get fucked, <laughs> and it crashes. <laughs> Where they're going around yep. and like it's cannon fire, but then one happens behind it. It crashes. And then it's like, yeah, it crashes. Wow, it must have been a few. I mean. I remember the drones that came out in like you know I mean, the aughts. Yeah, it was pretty big. Yeah, it I wasn't like how a fucking big that one. It was like know? an unmanned helicopter. It wasn't like a drone drone. It was a it was a big 
Well, it's still a drone. Because, yeah. like, a V1 is a drone. Yeah. V2, you know, it's just a term <laughs> that's modern. But, like, that's interesting that it happened. Because I was wondering about that. And just to reiterate, like, my favorite shot for the whole film was when they're going down. And it's not a drone shot. But when they're going down the line of the main guys as they're shooting, you know, down yeah. into the woods. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Just to see them yep. all go. And you could see, like, they were going over rough terrain and stuff. There were a few scenes that were, like, you know... I don't know, maybe it's the director's cut. They just used everything they possibly could. Yeah, I noticed but, that. But, you know, yeah, I, I really yes. feel like they did do some filming from driving, too. Like, because because the, you could see the, yes, it like was. they had the trucks and everything on the field, and there was a bit of jittery. At yeah, points if, you watch, like, if you watch the, uh, the yeah. making of, yeah, they had like a modified Jeep or something they were driving across. But, yeah, the, the regular film versus the director's cut, especially on mm-hmm. Little Round Top, there's a lot more combat. A lot. Yeah. More. Yeah, a lot more. Like, the thing is, it, got, it actually kind of like got tiring. I was like, okay, they're coming up for the third fucking time. Okay, I get it, but it was just like the original one that I watched. It was like, okay, yeah, little round top, fucking bloodbath, holy shit. Yep. And then, but the director's cut, like that we watched all tonight, like very long, a lot of combat, like yep. very long and like drawn out, and like, yeah, I get it. The original one, yes, I get that, but like, I mean, I think it wanted to. Uh, that's it. That is a that picture by everything behind this building. That is all a, a period photo. That is superimposing colorized. Yep, colorized. I bet you that's a matte painting. Because look at the shingles on the roof. See how they're painted. It's very. It's interesting too because you know all the CGI and stuff. Um, this is at a point in time where it's really starting to come into effect. Mm-hmm. ILM was like on the forefront, like uh, Jurassic Park. That's like you know fucking CGI dinosaurs. That's right around this time. Nine, I think Jurassic Park was 91? Three, I think. So the same year. Wow, interesting. Well, let, me, let me double check. But it's yeah. But it's early 90s. And so it's just interesting to see, like, this is a more traditional style of filmmaking, um, which is cool. But yeah, in, in certain ways, you know, a truck and a Jeep, you know, 93. Wow, interesting. So same year. So, yeah, it really just. But different just, budget. You know, this was not produced by a major organization. This was film, or, uh, funded mainly by uh, Ted Turner. Who also makes an appearance as an officer in Pickett's Charge? Oh, really? Interesting. Um, to comment on that, uh, for the one thing, I think I can, I can nail down pretty fast. Um, the budget for this was twenty million. It only made ten or ten to twelve back. Hmm. For Gettysburg? Yep. Huh. So it, well, it's, it's a legacy a project. Quotation marks, you know. It's a legacy project, and that, that's what Ted Turner said too. He said, "If if we make." If we break even on Gods and Genos, we'll make the third one. Because this book, the uh, these movies are made on a series of books: Gods and Generals, The Killer's Angels, and then The Last Full Measure. They're probably not going to make The Last Full Measure, which is unfortunate because that's that's my bread and butter: the, the uh, Petersburg and Appomattox campaigns. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the true grit of the war. Um, and then you get. To see Chamberlain shot up like well, four more times. Just wait till Netflix makes one in Lincoln's Black. So it's going to be great. Vampire Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I have that movie. It's right over there. I've never seen it. I will. Never... I will not be reviewing that with you. <laughs> I have never watched. See, you say it. that it's... now, but wrong, wrong. Everyone's got a price. Everyone's got a price. Thing called a commentary where your score does not matter on that, and we can just laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very interesting though with the uh, the colorization. 
and it's it's cool. But I think it's very cool. I think it's, this is the only like optical illusion in the whole movie. Like everything else, well, besides uh, the covering up the of the monuments, I think like for the one scene, uh, there's there's like a twelve foot outhouse <laughs> just to cover one because well, they're huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I have they, actually heard of tours be like. How, how come all these battlefields are on national park land? I'm like, you know what? Just... <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or the other question, like, why, why isn't there any bullet holes or bullet dings in this monument? Uh. Oh my god! <laughs> you dense motherfucker! It's so stupid! You're, we're taking away That's your driver's one. license, your voter ID. Every, we're taking everything away from you. That's the one cool thing about like European battlefields, because you know World War II happens relatively recently, so so much shit was built up in there mm-hmm. so like we go around berlin like oh my god it was so fucking cool like the victory garden and stuff like the victory tower fucking full of shrapnel and bullet holes and like exactly what you expect because you know it's a pre-war thing whatever but Gettysburg, that's hysterical Gettysburg also if you if you ever go and trey you'll you'll, you'll be with me on this because you've been there i know you have uh columbia south carolina the capital of south mm-hmm. carolina the capitol building you've never no, been there no i'm it's, it's, only, it's on the list to go to, I want to make dude. I want to make that like a week trip because there's so dude, much shit in South Carolina. To we'll see. do it, man. We'll do it because I've been to Columbia several times in my life. <clears throat> there's still like literally iron balls hanging outside of the marble. Oh, the the, the of, same same thing with Gettysburg. There's a building. I don't remember which building mm-hmm. it is, but there is a solid shot still in the wall. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a bunch of them. There's like you know cannon strikes where they took out the fucking uh, the um, the uh, uh, pillars like yep. and they. Uh, Whatever, and they they have a star. They have a bronze star by each one, saying, you know, this is a fucking hit. Because you know, for people that don't know, they're listening. Um, the Union like surrounded uh, Columbia, South Carolina, in like 1865, and they just started bombarding the fucking city. And they just the Confederates were like, you know what, we're fucked. We don't want the city city like destroyed. So we're just gonna fucking call it. We're done. Mm. It's it, you know ever and then. It was fine, but like they, the Capitol building still has fucking yeah rounds in it, like literally like the fucking same rounds that were there in eighteen sixty five. Now, so. if you if you ever want to get into it though, there's a good book called uh, Confederates in the Attic. Um, it's not a historical book, but it's about history. It's basically a uh, it's a journey of a author who hooks up with a guy named Robert Lee Hodge, who's like a a legend in the hobby. And they just go around the country because you typed it wrong. You're missing the S. Oh, jeez. Oh, he typed Christ. it in the, right the second time. Um, but he goes around the country, uh, the battlefields and all this stuff, seeing uh, museums, articles and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's very good. And he, he breaks down. So every, I don't know how y'all's opinion is, but every great nation in the world has had a civil war of some sort. England, Germany, all of them. So why is ours so profound? Why do we not, why do we not on a mass scale reenact the British civil war over here? But why does England reenact our civil war majorly? There's major units in England that reenact. That's a really good point. Uh, That's a really good point. That's what he's trying. That's what he's trying to devour in his book. And Mm -hmm. it's really great. Um, and going back to what you were saying, it's still it's in and around our our uh, our daily lives every day. When we go to work or whatnot, those holes are there. It's you know we're still recovering from it for for a lack of better terms. I don't think we're ever going to. It, yeah. 
it's funny because you know down south you have the battlefields and like if you just drive down 95 or 81 yeah. you know it's like going south it's the later war campaigns for the union yeah. and going north it's the early war campaigns for the confederacy it's, it's pretty crazy every 50 100 miles is a battlefield up here every town has a monument yep every single fucking town has a monument to the however many sons were killed at you know cold harbor all the different places you know like every fucking town in my state 170 towns has a fucking monument and that's like what you get up here. And yeah. Again, you know, it's just. But I don't, I don't understand it, why it's so more impactful to us, but not y'all. Like you, you, you have the monuments and everything, but like take for example, my, the organization I belong to, uh, the Appomattox Petersburg Preservation Society. We found a house that was a hospital, and mm-hmm. it was built like in 1750, and it was a hospital. Upstairs had never been remodeled, and we had found. Uh, yep graffiti they had like draw drew their names wrote their names on the wall and the house is decaying so we offered to purchase some of the the we cut the tiles out and preserved them and um we i think it belonged to like the 144th new york or something and mm-hmm. we contacted these people and i think the president at the time contacted <clears throat> the the descendants of these people and i think i think it was like 12 people all together six of them were like that's cool I don't really care. And then yep. the other the other six were like, I don't really give two shits. But yep. you go to anywhere down south, they'd be like, How much money do you want? I will donate everything. I'll sell my goddamn car. I don't understand the the you know, obviously I'm biased because I'm southern, but I don't you know, it's it's a well, the, we should have this conversation and we should really do it because it's I know exactly what you're saying because I as a well I'm not a Yankee, I'm not from the northeast which is what southerners consider yankees i've always been into history and when i go down south and so what i was saying is that at the columbia um south carolina like capitol building there's a cemetery right next to there it's yeah. one of the oldest cemeteries in that state and um there's rev war vets there yeah and then they have it's all above ground mostly and um they have like you know how we like in cemeteries we have this like uh, american legion thing or like you know, it's a veteran, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Well, they had the, conf- they had the stars and bars on there. I don't say Confederate flag because that's another issue that I have. Cause I know history, um, <clears throat> that are stars and bars on there. And then said, this is a Confederate general or a uh, captain, you know, very wealthy families and everything. And it's like, yeah, but that's part of American history. Yeah. That's what I view it as. And, um, I think from what I've seen, and then I'll let you guys go off on whatever tangent you want, but like, in the north, um, because again, we're the quote unquote victors. I'm just gonna say this, and yes, please, Nate, keep this in here. I think the American Republic died in April of 1960 or 1861. That's when the American Republic died completely. It was over. So I don't think, like Trey said, that we're gonna re- ever recover from that. And there's things like that, plus all the other issues we have now might be controversial but like that's my opinion and so when you have these people that are up north that just go well we won quote unquote yeah so we don't have to give a shit about it it's like well ask germans how they feel like german veterans have fought in the second world war or whatever the first world war how they feel about losing quote unquote a war it's going to be more poignant and like kind of uh, uh, um a sore spot you know 
And it's going to be like they want to preserve that and be like, no, well, we didn't. And Brian, yes, I see your hand. Um, but like, that's just my observations is because the North didn't technically, quote unquote, lose that war. And that's what's been taught in schools. That's what people believe from that entire conflict, which was completely fucked up. So anyway, base level shit, Brian. What, how I view it is this. The 13 colonies were incredibly different. They were started for different reasons and they really only got together for, you know, monetary and tax reasons to fight against the British to repel them. Mm -hmm. And the Republic and the independence this country had in the late 1700s was not pure. It was not, you know, a lot of things had to be brokered for, you know, us to get 13 colonies to get on the same page. The Southern states were much more okay with being under British rule. I mean, South Carolina literally just like loved the king. And those tendencies stuck, you know, post-independence into the Republic era. And as you get further along into the 1800s, those differences are still brewing. You know, I mean, there's a big difference between my state and Georgia, you know, today and back then. So the Civil War kind of was something that needed to happen to correct what was left on the table from the independence movement, in my opinion. And, you know, in a way, it shattered the country that will never get it back. But in another way, it made America what it is yeah. um, to be able to go everywhere around the world. Because to this day, you know, we're all going to make fun of people from Maryland because they were fence sitters. Or I'm going to make fun of Trey because he's got a shitty accent. Or Like, it's a, it's a, it's a funny binding thing that there's part of the country fought each other for four years, you know? And it's just like any relationship, brothers or sisters or whatever, you know, you're going to have a time where you fight. It's just what happens. And that was really America's, you know, okay, fine. Fuck you. We don't agree. So we're going to go to war, you know, politics has failed. So then the armies come out and post 1865, you know, reconstruction failed, whatever. You can talk a lot about that, but what I really feel like there's a difference between the North and the South today is that you know we didn't grow up being told the story from our great great grandpappies about how fucking that butcher sherman came through my fucking town mm. stole everything burned down my house and fucking bent all the railroad ties yeah. I, I don't and we, i don't know what kind of life you had brian but that was exactly my life I, yeah no i know <laughs> literally yeah and i'm literally i am saying this because yeah, i've heard yeah, you talk yeah, about yeah, this before yeah, and yeah. i've heard it from other things but like yeah. you know in the south you're you were ingrained that you know this is horrible thing happened to you and it was this thing that didn't happen up north a lot because lee was really you know it was a gentleman like we were talking about earlier in, in pennsylvania and also because you know because the way the war was fought it was really only fought in the mid-atlantic and the south so you have this culture coming out of it of them being occupied them having these horrible stories and then this propagating that to the next generation and it continues mm-hmm. for 50 60 years at the very least because you have films like A Birth of a Nation. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. have The General. You know, you have all of these things in the 20s and the teens and all these monuments. Well, this is another thing we could bring up. All these monuments that were being erected around the 1890s, 1910s, you know, from the daughters or the sisters of the Confederacy, whatever it was. You know, there was this whole swell of like, we had guys that died too. Yeah. So. 
Well, y'all had the Grand Army the, of the Republic, the GAR. Yeah, cool. exactly. It was yep. a really, really yeah. cool organization. Um, but so, what was the point I was trying to say? But like, you know, it's the thing on top of that too is that ninety nine percent of history is lost within a generation. Oh yeah, unless yes. it's it's beat into you. You know, correct. And yep. people in New England or above the Mason Dixon line, from my experience. Well, Pennsylvania is not clue because Pennsylvania is like the South. If we're really going to argue, they have more <laughs> tendencies of like the South, but like they just don't give a shit. You know, like people today are very fickle; they don't give a fuck. Ninety-nine percent of of America's population only cares about you know paying rent and doing this and that. They don't care unless it was beat into you that your great great grandfather lost a leg at Antietam and then he came home and the Yankees burned his house down. You know, like. It was just so ingrained in the culture mm-hmm. of what happened. There's no way to escape it. And that now, you know, it's people from parts of the country just don't give a fuck. Well, that was 160 years ago. Who cares? Yeah. Well, other people that have a deep connection to it, they're like, wow, we have to preserve this because they see the value. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that, you know, you get these people like if somebody contacted me and said, hey, my grandfather was at LSD in the Second World War. He's in the Pacific and stuff. Like somebody from the Pacific is like, "Hey, we found something that your grandfather touched or was part of it." So I'd be like, "Okay, here's a blank check." Uh, yeah, I'd lose Give my it, mind. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, holy fuck, I can't <clears throat> get that back. I'm also a historian, and I I respect that. You know, um, but most people just unfortunately they don't care, mm-hmm. and also they didn't have, especially for a New York regiment or something, the years of well, you know that fucker from Virginia did. He came onto my porch. And he fucking stole my chicken, you know? Yeah. And then the daughter tells the daughter, you know, like, get to continue down. So that's, I think, the, the cultural difference of it is. You yeah, know? That, that's the a really Civil good point. War, yeah. It really needed to happen. There was just, there were things that were left unsaid and unchallenged because we had to make, a, we had to make some type of union to fight the British. And we did that. And then this happens. And just to, to you put a cherry on top of all this. Right after the Civil War, what happens? Everybody goes west. The American empire, in a way, kind of begins in the late 1860s with eminent domain. And like, mm-hmm. okay, we fought it out. We don't still agree, mm-hmm. but we have a country. We have this idea. Let's propagate it. Let's go west. Let's expand, you know? Because basically the west was won by Civil War vets that were trying to deal with it. Oh, Trump. yeah, definitely. I mean, there's no way not, not – hobos, like all the shit that – that starts in the 1860s and 70s. So that's my really wrong spiel on on why I've, you know, I, I really feel like it's made us stronger. And the banter, you know, it used to be a lot worse. Like, for example, in Okinawa, when they captured Shiri Castle, they raised the fucking stars and bars, the Confederate flag. It was the first flag that they raised over this mountain that they thousands of Marines were killed and wounded over, you know, because well, it was a correct. It was a colonel who was in the South, you know, oh, okay. same thing with Hue in Vietnam. Well, yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, but, you, well, there's that one, uh, that one medic in Korea. He's got the. He's wearing a cappy with a Confederate flag. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it just it becomes part of your identity, mm-hmm. and it's just propagated. And we can fight tooth and nail over the reasons the, the you know, the Civil War started and everything. That's a different subject, but the legacy yeah, of it that's a different. Just, yeah, it's the after oh, effects. totally different thing. Yeah, it's but yeah, you know, yeah. just the, the legacy of it is that you know these people lived through four horrible years that every step after the fact they were ingrained and reminded about it how bad it was 
So that's just why it's so important. I agree. And with the rest of the country, not that they moved on. I agree. But people are fickle. Yeah. You know, I agree. So, but to go back, like you said, it had to happen. I correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. I mean, it's like basic training. You've got to be broken down and then rebuild back up. I didn't think we had to be broken down at that point. Uh, I think. Uh, I mean, to be to be unionized, to be brothers, you know, you, you've got to be sh- sure. And I understand exactly where the Confederacy was coming from. And I understand where the federal government was coming from. Um, I just again that that that's like a why it started thing, and I don't mm. want to get into that right now. But like, um, I um I see both sides. I just think that um, there were a shitload of problems, and therefore, in April of sixty one is when our republic was done. Yeah. So, to 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 hit on what you just said, why the war started? Um, as a southerner, I know this is going to be controversial, and it'll probably I'll, I'll watch your eyes glow. No, it, it's it, you, you'd be you'd be very fucking surprised, Trey. The Articles of Confederation, mm-hmm. it is in there, black and white, plain as day, to sustain mm-hmm. slavery. Now, with that being said, not every Southern soldier was fighting for his slaves because not every Southern soldier had slaves. Less than 1% of all Southern Thank you. people own slaves because Thank you. they were not wealthy enough. Thank you. So the, the Confederacy as a whole was fighting for the institution, the institution to preserve slavery, but not every Southerner owned slaves. and was like, that's why I'm going off to risk my life. That was also the slavery thing was one aspect, one Partial, tiny reason. Um, again, I, I, I mean, if if you if you want to get on this, we're going to be on here for a few hours. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll have to. We'll definitely have to do a, a part two to this because there's other stuff that I. Yeah, because to. no, I, I again, I'm, uh, I'm a Yankee sleep. according to the fucking Southerners, but the retarded Southerners, not you. But like, um, no, yeah, I understand. Sleep. I understand why things happened the way they did. I don't necessarily have to agree with it or like it, but I understand to the best of my ability. And um, that was, even for the union, that was not even a fucking thought yeah. in their mind until it was convenient for them. Correct. In 1863. So. Yeah. It just comes down to a state's rights issue. If you really want to boil it down and the state's rights to determine their future. And on top of it, that this, again, you know, the North has always been industrialized and the South has always been a plantation style, you know, agricultural economy. What, and it, it was who they were trading with too, as well. Like that, yeah. that was a big thing. Is like, yeah, the Confederate states were they were pissing off the, the the federal government because they were trading a lot with Britain. And it's like, well, we just fought a fucking war thirty years ago. What the fuck are you doing? Remember, they the the South loved fucking the UK. It was very hard for us to convince the southern states to join the Federation. Well, and they, they were exporting a yeah. shitload of cotton and they were getting they were trying to get around like the tariffs and shit. Which okay, it's it's okay. If you're gonna have rules, you're gonna have rules. But they were trying to get around and so again, the Confederates were not totally innocent in fucking over people. Like no. it, it, it's it's everybody every there's a reason the war happened. Like, like a, it's yeah. Anyway, yeah, like they, famous... they, were, they were exporting cotton and it was like they weren't paying taxes on it. And although taxes are fucking thievery, that's actually in yep. the Constitution. Agreed. Agreed. Is it's in the Constitution that if you're trading internationally, there are tariffs that you must pay. Yep. And so that's kind of the big issue that came from that. But like 
that's one of those things. But anyway, yeah, it's so yeah. Well, well like I, a, if, like an educated marine once told me, if you if you ever if you educated any, marine, yes. So uh, if, if, I, if, I, I'm not buying any of this shit. That's an oxymoron, dude. All right, we'll just say we'll just say marine. If you ever okay. see anything going on in the world, follow the money. Follow the money. It's easy. Follow the money. Yeah, money. Money's where it all starts. That's where it all. Goes, That's where most of most of conflicts in 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 like human history have started is money, yeah. resources, and land. Yep, they're all interconnected. That's how most can, conflicts start. Yeah. All right, Nate. We'll do your thing now. We'll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll go to IMFDB. Good talk. Well, no, no, no. Nate, what? do you have anything to add? Yeah. No. Yes, you do. You, you, no, I do not. Nate, Nate knows if he adds, this is going to go on for fucking eight hours. Exactly. I'm okay with that. I'm just. I, I'm, I'm okay with it too. Well, I know like, some of y'all got stuff to do. The word. Uh, it's been two hours. So, I don't have anything but, uh, to do. Like it's Wednesday night. I, 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 I got. I got. I got maybe 15 minutes max before I got just just get okay. up and walk well, out. Let's do so. IMFDB. Okay. His mom raised a quitter. Um. So Nate, do you think we should go to IMFDB? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And there's nothing. How can I fucking follow up with? How can I fucking follow up with any of you three on any of that of conversation? Because by the moment I talk, it's gonna be like, oh, you know, Marylander. No. And then it's gonna be no, it. You're, and then I'm gonna no, fucking. Nate, no, it's yeah, not. no. Well, yes, you had more than 15 minutes. This would, this would actually be a great talk. Well, like probably, that. probably if you didn't look like Forrest Gump after he like turned around after his run, then I, I'm gonna go home now. <laughs> okay, I promise. <laughs> You look like Forrest Gump after he finishes. Oh, yeah, my. You, look like, yeah. you shouldn't have told me that. Because no, now I'm, I'm, that's that's how I'm gonna I'm gonna end this podcast. I'm gonna go home now. I'm gonna go home. I'm pretty tired. I'm tired I'm now. Go Nate, now. I'm go home now. You're in that's your what house. Do. You're already home. home. Sitting on this computer. Oh, so reading this though, uh, Michael Shara, uh, he was the one who wrote. I, yeah, so he wrote Killer's Angels, which is about Gettysburg. He passed away, and his son Jeff wrote the prequel and the sequel. Um, the son Jeff, who was a kid at the time, was into the Civil War to a certain degree, but the father was like, I don't really know or really too much care about it. So they were going down to Gettysburg. They were going to like I think Hershey Park or something. It was closed, so they stopped off at Gettysburg, and the father like started reading all of these reports and all of these uh, kiosks and stuff out in the battlefield. And it just like a switch. He's like, I've got to do something. So that's where this shit came off from. He wrote the book, The Killer's Angels, and it just became a phenomenon. He just he he started going in and researching so much to then make these uh, these books. So just a family trip in Pennsylvania led to a great book series and then a movie. Yeah, wasn't that the same thing with uh, Glory? Yeah, the, the well, the yeah. direct the director was uh, touring uh, Massachusetts and he stumbled upon the 54th Massachusetts monument. And he was like, what is this? And you get to look in and he's like, that's a great story. And lo and behold, there's the movie. One cool thing they said in the description of this. So apparently uh, Gatesburg first aired on TNT, which is funny because it's the Turner network, you know, <laughs> and uh, what do you call it? It's a two part series over two days. And then it was released. So it's interesting. They actually showed on TV first. That probably is why it didn't do well in the box office, but anyway. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> probably, yeah. So yeah. You know, uh, three three band. Yep. So that's what majority of the uh Confederates, right? Both. And yeah, all, I was pretty, pretty much all pretty much yep. all of the twenty uh, the not the twenty ninth, I'm sorry. All of the uh twentieth name 
carried. Uh, apparently, well, they they the like Lorenz them. rifles too. That's what it says here. Yeah. Okay. But they're all the same caliber. They're five seventy or fifty eight, but five seventy seven. The the Lorenz was not. The Lorenz is fifty four. Fifty was it? Oh, yeah. that that yes. Yeah, I think some were rechambered, but I don't remember what caliber. I don't know huh. if it was fifty seven or not, or fifty eight or not. Uh, but yeah, the, the Austrian Lorenz is fifty four caliber, but the infield is five seventy seven, and the uh, Springfields are fifty eight. Not much, like you can't really, really tell. But you, you can interchange the mini balls, yeah, though. Correct. Yes. Yep. So, and there's the movement of the saber. I think that is a reenactorism, and this movie really greenlit, gashed light, whatever you want to call it, that crap. I was wondering about that. Yeah. There's no. It's all commands. It's all voice. Uh, there's actually a man like everything in the army. There's a manual for the for the uh, the saber or the sword. Yeah. There's no twist your wrist then point this. There's no. It's 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 not a fucking traffic light cone or whatever. You give the commands and the men know what to, they 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 could do this shit in your sleep like they said in God's generals. You tell yeah. them right about face or column right mark. They they can do it. They I mean. They might not be perfect, but if you blindfold them and tell them what to do, they're they're going. Yeah. 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 And there's an M1 Grand. Same guy. <laughs> yeah, you see the the uh, the late war T105E1 size. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. The adjustable windage, yeah. Yep. The smooth board. Oh, I yeah, just, the 1842, yeah. The 69 caliber, right? Yep. I've got one back yep. here. I've just yep. purchased it. The smooth board. I've got a rifle and a oh, smooth cool. board. All right, that, yeah, these are, a lot. that really shiny one right there, that I don't believe is the, uh, I think that's the Austrian Lorenz. But I can only see the barrel, mm-hmm. the first barrel down. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, 1861. Yeah, yep. Now there's a big difference between the 61 Springfield and the infield, and the biggest is the angle of the stock. If you look at the most Springfields that are American-made weapons, the stock slants down lower, so it's more comfortable to shoot from a standing position. Mm-hmm. But shooting it prone is a bitch. It hurts your collarbone. Oh, because it goes down so? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. When you're yeah. aiming down, it's, it's sitting on your collar, not your shoulder. And they never fucking went away from that. Fuck no. you, no. U.S. military. It hurts. But in my opinion, the infield rifle is probably at that time the greatest uh, weapon that was produced. Oh, everybody knew that. That's why everybody used it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. cheap. I mean, during the Civil War, if you were an inventor, God, that was the time to be alive, brother. If you <laughs> wanted to make money, Burnside carbine, Smith carbine, Merrill carbine, Sharps carbine. Oh, there's so many carbines. Oh, my yeah. God, man. Uh, the Hall rifle, the Springfield rifle. Government cheese. Yep, yes, sir. And they were <laughs> handing it over left, uh, <laughs> left, right, and hand center, man. Just take it. Mm-hmm. Now there's controversy. Oh, there's there's controversy around this. I don't. I'm not that savvy on this rifle, but from my understanding, there, like I said, there was about twenty thousand made, but they were never fielded because they are a two band rifle. Mm-hmm. If you are in a formation firing over somebody's shoulder, either that cap or the muzzle will be right next to somebody's ear, hmm. and it's a shorter rifle. So it's like reenacting. Yeah. What guy do I not know that this event's going to blow my ears out? Basically, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. The Sharps. 
I want one of these. Actually, yeah, those that's are so expensive back then. Actually, too. that is so funny. That is not a sharps. That is a well, it is a sharps, but it's a Confederate sharps because of the rear sight. There's no elevation, and the barrel band oh. is brass. <laughs> so the Confederates made their own knockoff version of the sharps. Yep. Really interesting. So I don't know if they were made in. I don't know the complete and total history, hmm. but when we went up to uh, uh, Harpers Ferry. That was the production facility for weapons, Springfield mm. and uh, Harpers Ferry. So basically, during just before I think I can't remember what time time frame it was, but they they dismantled the machinery and shipped it to Richmond to try to get ironworks. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Uh, just a random tangent at Quantico, they have the fucking axe that the Marine uh, detachment that was attached to Lee used to break down oh, the door so at, awesome. at Harper's Ferry. And it's like, that's fucking insane. That's awesome. You know? So no, like, that, that in and of itself is another great story. Mm. He ordered the Marines to fix bayonets, not load and charge in because he did not want collateral damage. <laughs> and, an armory. Yeah. yeah. So well, he didn't want, cause they had civilian uh, hostages. He didn't want them going in and just blasting away because, you know, smoke and powder. You see a flash, you turn and shoot. Uh, There's, I like the show The Good Lord Bird, but it's so historically inaccurate. It's not even funny. Like, they make John Brown, just my opinion, John Brown is a piece of shit terrorist. Anyway. um, John Browning or John Brown? John Brown. Both. Browning is a goddamn saint. Anyway. Um. When they, when they went in, they stabbed one of his sons and like pinned him to the wall with a bayonet. Mm. But in the show, he comes out with like a blaze of glory, like pew, 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 we're winning. Ah. No, he was he, he put his gun down like a coward, or, or well, I wouldn't say a coward. Like anybody would have done. It. Like you have like these pissed off fucking marines with no loaded weapons, but you don't know they're not loaded. Barge in and like put your shit on the ground. Like I think anybody in the right mind would be like okay. <laughs> yeah, you, right. you just you just bayoneted like donkey pin my son to a fucking uh, wall. I think I might do that. Yeah, you know, okay. And back then there was like two hundred marines total. <laughs> it's like such a small fucking service. No, well, yeah, the total I don't know, but I think it was only like sixty guys showed up marines. Yeah, you, no, you, you marine corps is very small. Yeah, you've got to go on a whole. Like I think uh, I was reading something about it by uh, Shelby Foot, and it's oh my god, dude, it's. That should be the movie in and of itself. Like, oh yeah, the 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 uh, militia, local militia, show up, and the Marines are already there because they've been sent affordably. Lee's uh, stationed in Texas, but he's home on medical leave or uh, not medical leave. His wife is uh, having medical problems, so he comes home to see her, visit her, and take care of her. Then he gets sent like somebody from because he lived in Arlington. Arlington was his land. Or wife's land. Anyway, somebody from uh, D.C. runs over and is like, sir, you have been requested, or I digress, you have been ordered to Harper's Ferry. He's like, well, I'm on hmm. home. He's like, no, you've been recalled by the Army. So he gets trained to Harper's Ferry. He takes over the Marine Detachment, and uh, he, you know, observing everything, he's like, all right, well, they've got hostages, fixed bayonets, and at first light we're charging. And the Marines hmm. are like, <laughs> Bet motherfucker. <laughs> right. So yeah. they charge in. I think like one marine dies, and there's a monument at the Harpers Ferry to the one hmm. the one marine. But they charge in, <laughs> and the one guy's like, "Got you, motherfucker." 
Pins, like, huh? literally, like, rams the bayonet through him and into the wall, and he can't get loose. Like, <laughs> get ready. Is there a plaque next to that as well? I hope yeah. so. I hope there's, like, a wall. Like, this is where the dickhead got fucked. It's painted, it's painted red or is a red circle around yeah. it. <laughs> the triangle. We couldn't sew this hole up in the wall because it's triangular. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting tangent. It's very cool. Uh, I did not see any sharps in the movie, but yeah. I wasn't really paying attention or looking looking for the sharps. Yeah, I saw this one. Yeah, there's I one right there. One. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Why would he be with the twentieth man? I don't know. Right. Exactly. Crazy. Crazy. Oh no! Side side green uniform. So maybe. He was but just... uh, the Berdan, the experience of the Berdan sharpshooters that influenced the Berdan rifles after the war heavily influenced the Moise and the Gant's design. Really? So the, the Moise and the Gant has God. a history. In the American Civil War, Moisin the, the Moisin, yes, M O I S I N, Moise. Okay, yes, yes. The, the Brian does the this moisten. shit just to piss me. So off. there's the, there's the Whitworth. Interesting. That's so not a Whitworth under really. it, but mm-hmm. so yeah, the Whitworth looks almost identical to a Enfield uh, because they're made by you know both English. Uh, mm-hmm. The biggest difference you can see is the rear handguard is stipled, the front sight is enlarged, and uh, honed like it's more specific. The ramrod on this one's not modified, but the they you had like a brass cone so you wouldn't fuck up the cr- the crown of your uh, your muzzle. Yeah. So you it would like slide on the ramrod, so you'd shove the brass piece in and ram the uh, ball. Nice blue infantry cord on this hat. I like yeah. that. A lot of people would do shit like that. They put uh, the cord, but usually off to the one sided dangle. Yep. Hmm. The Mister Stippy. Mississippi. There it is. Cheap. Yep. So, oh, speaking of that picture right there. So, uh, Martin Sheen, this was unscripted. Unscripted at all. He was just riding along. Uh, I don't know if he was just riding around, being bored or whatever. But all of these reenactors came out to greet him like that. <laughs> Un- totally unscripted. That explains like the amazement on his face. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I thought I, he looked weird when he was doing it. That, that makes sense. And my, eventually, we'll like I said, we need to do a second part to this, and then we'll eventually do Gods and Generals. I didn't dislike Martin Sheen as Robert Lee, but I really, 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 really prefer Robert Duvall as, uh, as Robert Lee. Yeah, same. I haven't seen Robert Duvall do it, so I, I really can't comment on it but i will say that i really did like the way that martin sheen approached lee yeah he he, he did yeah. very well I, yeah the, um, the language is funny because yeah. i just ran because it's like there's no time for that the southern the southern accent is so i don't know diverse a virginian like accent, accent is very different than yes like, so robert uh, duvall but, is but from even, virginia even even a virginia accent though has a range you know sister for sure, sure. like yeah. you know, trust end, yeah like, trust me it, yeah. Oh, I, I bet, dude. You're working. You'd be like, in a steady for a few years. You get it. Like, but, uh, like Robert Duvall just, is from Northern Virginia, so he's got it. Hmm. But like to me, the way that Lee talks is very much like pronounced resuscitation. Mm-hmm. You know, the the classic UK accent. Yeah. Compared to like what an actual person from the UK speaks. So I wonder if that was the accent of like the northern, of, sorry, the upper echelon of like virginian society at the time i don't know because there's a one line where like he, he tells the the one major guy to be like and do please be careful just like the the way the sentence is structured yeah. is very interesting you know and that's that's compared to like i'm here from our rants it's like okay there's we have two <laughs> levels here, yeah you know yeah exactly two and extremes it, again, it's, 
So I wonder if there's a term for it in linguistic stuff, but just to me, it reminds me of that per- pronounced resuscitation. Yeah. It's a very particular style, which honestly probably has roots in British pronounced resuscitation oh, yeah. because of the close connection of the South and England. Yeah, we, so, we have not been well, that far away from them for like, what, 50, 50 years, 60? 80 years of this. Well, and also like the, the Southeast um, up to Virginia and somewhat Maryland, heavily influenced uh culturally and you know by, by immigrants by british and irish immigrants and so it's like you're gonna have that sort of twang that's where that comes from still today oh, yeah, yeah. like yeah yeah it's like it, my, it's very yeah i'm, I'm gonna share this with my buddy later uh but the guy that i reenact with he's a really good friend of mine zach i give him so much shit because he calls a house a hoose he's like i do not say fucking hoose i'm like you call it a fucking hoose man and we, we, every time we get a chance, we just twist that knife in this side deeper. And he's like, I oh, do yeah. not say that. I'm like, you're going to wa- uh, wash your, uh, your, your wash rag on the rough by the, uh, the hoose. And he just, he just is so pissed <laughs> off, <laughs> but we, it's all in good fun. You know, it's, it's your, your best. Well, it's your fun. It's fun giving shit to people that like, Oh yeah. Different dialects. Like, you know, my friends, um, one of my good friends, Chris, we just had him on a couple weeks ago for, uh, another uh, podcast and he's got more of a Minnesotan accent, Minnesotan accent oh, than wow, I do. Bud. And we grew up like 15 miles from each other. I live in Wisconsin. I grew up in Wisconsin. He lives right across the border, grew up there or uh, lives like across way farther now. But like we grew up, like we went to the same school and everything, but like he's got a Minnesotan, you know, very, very, very touch of it. Not yeah. bad. But like he's got it, and I make fun of him every time we're in person, and he's just like, "Fuck <laughs> you, you fucking yeah." And so we just do that all the time. So yeah, all right, I get it. All right, eighteen fifty one Navy. These are thirty six, right? Yeah, thirty six yes. caliber. Now they make them in reproduction in forty four, but they originally, yep, if you, in, during the war they were only thirty six caliber. Yep. The 1860. Now, I'd, I'd like to have one of these. Uh, I've got the 44 yeah. Colts, but um, in the movie, Colonel Chamberlain does, does reload a cylinder of this, which is cool he to does. see. Which is cool to see because he's most people are like, why is he running his, his uh, barrel into the rock or the ground? It's because he's trying to seat the barrel back into the pistol because to take the pistol apart, you have to take a wedge out of the cylinder, pull the barrel off, pull the cylinder off, Put a new cylinder in, put a new barrel, put the barrel back onto the uh, the the rod, then shove the wedge back in. But you can't easily shove the wedge back in because the barrel has to be seated. So he's ramming the barrel to seat it uh, back into the pistol. Then he shoves the uh, the the wedge back. Huh. Now I don't know how common that was. I do know that they were issued a car a uh, a wooden block of ammunition um which is really cool I, I eventually i'd like to make some just for shits and giggles but it is a, a piece of wood and it's cutting uh a third and it's got holes drilled in it and each hole has a round in it it's a paper With a charge yes yeah, got well it's got a uh the charge is wrapped in paper around the bullet and you would pull oh. one out put it in the chamber ram it all the way around, all six rounds, and then there is uh, three tubes of, of like a, looks like a straw, but each end 
has a cap on it. So you'd shove that straw onto the cap, flip it around, put it on the next cap mm-hmm. or the cone, and then you reloaded. How many people carried a spare cylinder, which is like half a pound or whatever? You know, pounds equals pain, right? You know, ounces, pounds, pounds, pain. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Depends on how much combat you want to see, but it's, it's, it's also one of the things. Do you want to not have it and need it or need it and not have it? It was marching. cool. Like the, your, yeah. your overall point, like he, yeah. it was shown he's reloading the fucking thing. It's not like you just hand a, you, a, a reactor, yeah. like, I don't know what to do with this. Like he's click, click, and he's, you know, putting it back to the end. Like he, and he's that showing that, yeah, they off. actually do reload revolvers. Yes. You know? Yes, exactly. So it's like, yeah. So the Kerr revolver. So ugly. I thought it was a, I thought it was a star when I saw it in the movie. <laughs> Wish I had a little mat because the little mats, oh, so hot. Yeah. Yeah, the little mats are expensive, but like there's nine 44 shots and then a 20 gauge shotgun. That's what I thought that was. That's so wrong. Yeah. Yeah, Even right I there. That. I was like, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I don't think it was supposed to fall out. That's why, I, but it's just a. As a stuffer, a holster stuffer. Yeah. Yeah, that right there, minced meat. Uh, yeah, your toast. G-O-N-T. You're, you're, you're on fire, Gaunt. yeah. No fucking way. Like, the only thing they would find was blue pants. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, someone lead off. Okay, homeless man. Thanks. Yeah. I'm pretty tired now. <laughs> as he as he turns off the camera yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah so i i had seen this for the first time a couple years ago and i watched the uh non-editor's cut version which is like three or something hours and um i i was like okay i see why this is very popular and like i know civil war reenacting is just like 101st airborne and ss reenacting for world war ii like everybody it's, fucking does it yeah it was like kind of the OG of reenacting and whatever, but like, uh, um, as far as the actual film was made for 93, it's pretty fucking good. Like mostly practical effects, like 99.9% of them were practical effects. And I, I appreciate that. I don't care if it's 93, 63 or 2023. I, I, I love practical effects because they're more believable than CGI. And um, the fact that they hired reenactors, we didn't talk about this. We definitely need a part two, Trey. You're, you're correct. But like um, the fact that they actually hired reenactors that didn't look totally shitty. Good testament to the um, the production crew. Uh, yeah, it was. It's a long fucking movie, guys. It's really long, but it goes like. If you're to watch a four and a half hour movie that's just fucking boring and there's no substance, it's like fucking just torture, right? But this one, it's like, yeah, there's talking in it, but it's relevant and everything, blah, blah, blah. I'm glad that they stuck with history as much as they possibly could. And they just kind of, they had really good actors too. Like it's an A-list cast, uh, especially for, for 93. And um, on a long story short... I really enjoyed it. Like it's, it's, it's one of those films you can enjoy. And it's like, it's a, it's a dark part of American history, but it's got to be portrayed somehow. 
And I think this gets the point across at least at the bare minimum level of like this happened. Um, I'm just trying to think any other points that I wanted to bring up, but like, uh, yeah, overall, not terrible to watch. The acting was pretty good. As far as a rating, I'll give it this an 8.5. It was very good. And yeah, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely carve out a fucking half day to watch this fucking thing. I would suggest, um, I would suggest the uh, director's cut too. Cause there's, like we said at the beginning, yes. there's things that are are cut out that kind of progress the film. Like, like I said, the British Agreed. guy, why aren't you digging in? Because that's the common misconception with the Civil War. They're so stupid. They're they're shoulder to shoulder walking through fields. Like, no, that that's the oddity because of Gettysburg. Right. They found each other. Shit, we don't have time to dig in. Let's fight. But there actually was digging in at Culp's Hill, Little Round Top, Big Round Top, Seminary Ridge, mm-hmm. but. Yep. It, it, it addresses those things. Why didn't you, you know, plus I did like to touch the British officer as well. Like being yeah. a, an observer, you know, cause there's, there's he was a real, them. he was a real person too. Yeah. And you could tell they did their research. Yeah. That's why 8.5 yeah. is a pretty fucking solid. Oh score yeah. For me. Definitely. For, for, yeah. For a film. yeah. Um, and uh, you could tell you did their research and the, yeah, the British guy is like, he wasn't overdone, but he was like, Okay. And he's wearing his reds. He's wearing his fucking. Now, I will know. say he was not a. He was real. He was there, but he was not a uh, attaché to the England. He took a leave of absence and was just touring. So, was, but he, no he one civilian clothing. No, he, he was he was military, so he could wear his uniform. But no one thought to ask, "Hey, what are you doing here? Why are you here?" Oh, they shit. just they just assumed that oh, the Queen of England sent over an adversary to. Yeah, he was just on oh. vacation. He, he sold. He sold his uh, officership, sailed over, came through Mexico, and was like, "I'm just gonna have a great old grand time." When, oh, like shit. he just just on a fucking great. Like I like the uh, acronym, or not acronym, but the uh, the anecdote. Somebody said he's just the Forrest Gump of the Civil War. <laughs> just seen everything. Just seen everything. Yeah. Yeah. I got my ship and boat down in Charleston. <laughs> No, I, I I think I'm the only one who hadn't seen it before, so uh, that that's shocking. Was, shocking, I, I know. Yeah, um, didn't had I knew what to expect. I knew the shots I wanted, or I knew I'd seen before, and I knew what to kind of expect. But I was not prepared for um, it being four and a half hours long. But that's not a negative aspect for me because I think that it is. They, they even though it's there is talking and stuff like that there is there is character development in quotation marks it's they're they're adding you know they're adding depth to these real life historical figures that we read accounts of and stuff like that but are not kind of person when you when you read history you kind of make it separate from yourself a little bit but when i think when you watch it in a movie like that it adds you know more to the fact that you know you can you can associate more with these characters and these people. And so I think it allows, you know, development in that sense. Um, other than that, um, you know, cinematography was pretty cool. Um, you know, <laughs> it was cool about the drone thing. I didn't know about that. That was funny. Um, and you know, the, the matte painting in the back, 
I wish I had seen it the first time. I didn't even notice it. I thought maybe they had like just painted out little bits, but I didn't realize it was the whole entire back area, which was really cool. Um, all in all, I mean, I'm, I, I, everyone's kind of said everything I wanted to say, but like, you know, I agree with, with, with Mike B about all the practical love that, um, <laughs> there are some shots, particularly hand-to-hand combat that are very reenactor hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> Um, yep. like standing still and just kind of pirouetting <laughs> in a circle and just going like this around in a circle back and forth. Yep. Like, yeah, like I know there's like, don't, don't stab anyone. Don't stab anyone. Don't stab anyone type of dances. Like I, I, I've been there. So, um, other than that, like I, I liked it a lot and, um, no, I, I think I'm going to have to give it another watch. Um, and I might watch the normal one. I actually bought this, uh, just for this so that I could have it in my collection. So I'm probably going to go back and watch it again fairly soon and maybe we can do a part two and maybe we can do a comparison with gods and generals at the same time um i haven't really been speaking much tonight because i just i don't know enough about the history to kind of you know go toe to toe yet i think i'm the closest one of everyone here so it's like you know yeah, i've been you there actually are. yeah like i've been there multiple yeah. times uh for doing world war ii living history and i i've done tours i've I had like really good in-depth um tours of the field itself while doing world war ii with people who were actually at this on the movie and who have studied hit this history for like all of their lives um but you know it's just um i just i can't regurgitate it so that's why i've kind of been very quiet tonight it's because i just haven't had uh i don't i don't know enough to regurgitate but i just know what i like and i know what i like to see in movies and i i really like to see this so i think all in all i think i'm going to give this I I think I think an eight point five is what I want to give it because I think it, it could get a nine in my book, but there's just little editing things and little stuff like that. And the mu okay, like the music was the music was okay. I loved it. I don't. I, I I like the music. I like the concept of the music, and I think it's just the time it being ninety three. But I feel like the music just drowns. Thank you. Some out idea. pivotal moments that I wish yeah. just didn't have it, but I can see why. But again, it's the time of the era. It's early '90s, late '80s. You know, it, it, I say late '80s, mean like the editing style is still very late '80s, transitioning well, into the it '90s. It took like ten years to produce the uh, '80s. Yeah. Y- yes. 80s, so it like so the editing style is more of that like very late '80s, early '90s, where music is originally composed. But sometimes it's just it's not necessary or it's way too loud or overpowering for the scene or the dramatic. Um, like, I wish the charge didn't, the, the the main charge didn't have the music. That was just my one little gripe. But I, I, I think all in all, an 8.5 screen Mel Gibson's at 10 for me. Uh, and and for and tell me if you guys believe the same thing, because I, I do want to go on a small tangent. I didn't, because we didn't talk about sounds at all. I didn't hear any Wilhelm screams. No! Um, which I was w- looking, hearing for, I should say. And then the, the theme, I feel like there needs to be more of a caliber of the theme. And I, you know, that can be budget, that can be whatever, but it felt like there's only like three main tracks and they were all loud. So it was like, maybe you need like, maybe you need to put the music when it's nighttime and everyone's talking to each other in when like they're riding up in some parts, because that would be better than like, and then they riding up. Da, 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 it's like, why, 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 why? Well, even, even though it was later, like, I think, I think gladiator really got that right. Yeah. As far as like, um, a score with the scene. 
it was quiet when it needed to be and it was louder when it needed to be and yeah I that, that that editing transition for music really didn't kind of like you just said like didn't really kind of start to phase in until like maybe like late 90s because even like goldeneye in 95 is like horrendous with fucking music like you know the audio was great for most of it like there was a few shots that i didn't like like gunshots that i didn't like but cannons great um adr for extras were way off yeah oh yeah like like you see a fat guy so going, they... there's something over there on the rail because I can hear reenactor fat people yeah. talk, and that was not reenactor fat <laughs> people talk. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, like 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 oh, 100%. there's like hundred <laughs> percent. Well, like well, like you know, I I, I this isn't and you know that's just 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 an easy punch at someone. Um, but I I, I genuinely like always have a problem when when extras, their voices aren't the same like 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 it's the adr is so bad and i don't know and i and i guess that's because you know you have the extra there on set but then you don't have the extra there for adr so someone tries to match his voice or match his his rhythmics like you know the actors are matching themselves um yeah. so you know that works but like you know it it would be um it you always spot it and it, it's like i you don't see that much in in recent you know, films like in the last like ten years, you don't really see it as bad as you do in like the early nineties. Like, oh my god, oh it's like, terrible. Frick. Yeah, yeah. So like that, that's my only like little gripe with it. But like, I get it. It's a te- it's an analog era problem, and you know, I I I'm, my score doesn't compensate for that. It's just a gripe of something in movies I hate seeing. So so when they're trying to save Kemper, like he's on the ground, the Federals are trying to pick him up. And the Confederates come in and like shoot them in the back. Yeah, those are modern gunshots, not muskets. Like it's, yep. it's not that right. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, but everything else, for the most part, was really good. The artillery. <clears throat> I really wish they would have added in some like uh, mini balls to the air, like because you know, <laughs> they did that in Gods of Generals at Petersburg. Yeah, they did. Yeah, we, we we totally have to do that. We yeah. totally have to do that. Yeah. Yep. And I wonder yep. just again time editing whatever like you know. well it's a, it's a time period like they it was they were limited and yeah. well yeah. like hold on when when was guys in generals because i don't know the movie Not, oh uh, 2001 i think one because yeah, yeah, yeah because they were, they were filming the uh i can't remember what scene they were filming but they were filming during 9-11 Okay. And so seven ish plus years in editing is that definitely was jumping to more digital slash analog. Uh-huh. Well, and in that, that whole thing it's more analog. So if they can fucking if they could combine these two films together and just make like three or four hours out of those two films, you've got a fucking gold mine there. It's beautiful. That's what I think. But like, we'll we'll cover gods and generals. Because it adds context and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, right, go ahead, Brian. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's a really good movie. It really is a gold standard of Civil War films. And, um, yeah, there's really not much more that I could say. You know, the battles are great. The noises are great. Um, the acting is really good. The pacing is very well done. The casting is very well done. I mean, it's just a really good Civil War movie. And... I'm really glad that it was made at the time when it was made because it just, you know, there's not many other good Civil War films like it. There's Field of Lost Shoes, which is pretty bad. There's uh, Badge of Red Courage, which we have touched on before, but it's very 1950s and very much a product of its time. 
you know. Um, but no, it, it's a great movie. And uh, that being said, you know, I'll definitely have to give it a, a 9 out of 10. It just really hits a lot of the hallmarks of uh, what a Civil War film should have and, and what's expected. So I really highly recommend that uh, you watch it. So I have to say. Um, yeah, like I said earlier in the film or the uh, review, it's it's the godfather of all Civil War films. I mean, I don't think you can really, <clears throat> especially in today's climate, I really don't think you can outdo this film. It's the pinnacle of Civil War film. Um and to my knowledge, there's no CGI in this film at, at all. It's all, like you said, analog. It's cut and paste a period photo, which how can you get any better than that? It's a real photo. And yeah, it's not CGI. It. It's, yes. It's, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, but the few things that I griped on, like you said, we, we've definitely got to do a, a, a sequel to this or a type of part two because there's more stuff we didn't, we missed. But like, uh, when you go into, uh, there was one, one part when they go into Lee's headquarters and like not, not the provost guard and the drummer outside, you know, they can't obviously move. That's their thing. But there's like two officers outside and they're like posing and the general walks by and they salute and they don't move. Like they don't even turn their head to look at him. I'm like, okay, you're trying to get like a, a portrait of the time. That's great. But you're not superimposed in that area. You don't have to like, be completely still. So stuff like that, like be natural, be fluent, you know, but they're just like, they're not moving whatsoever. And I'm like, that's not, it's not natural. It doesn't look right. It looks like a play. Um, some of the gunshots, like we were just, just talking about. Um, but everything else is just great. It's awesome. Um, like we talk about in glory, you can sometimes tell who the extras were because they had like very shoddy or lackluster gear because it's, it's going to be shot up. It's got the, uh, the squib loads and shit in it. So when they get hit, they just fall flat forward and there's no gear in the way to harm them or other people. But that's, you know, you can't really get away from that. I mean, safety first basically. But I mean, it's, it's a, I enjoyed the music, especially like I said, if, if you get the chance, watch this with surround sound and just turn that bass to like 3,000. <laughs> the artillery barrage, the musketry, especially, I don't know if you've ever been around uh, snare drum, like Civil War snare drums and stuff. Like modern day, like taps when you're doing like on a metal drum, you can hear it in your ears. But Civil War drum, the snare drum, when they're beating that, that rhythm, you feel it in your chest. Yep. And that's another 100%. thing for me. Yep. Yeah. Like when you're doing, you're like, if I was in the civil war and they had like the metal snares and like, all right, we're going to march forward guys across this one mile of field. And they had a metal drum. Like go fuck yourself, dude. I'm not doing it. <laughs> you bring out a snare drum, like six of them, like they were doing and beating that rhythm out. I'm like, yeah, I'm taking hell with me. Let's go <laughs> it's full steam ahead, brother. Yeah. You could take my rifle from me. I'll just use a bayonet. Let's do this. <laughs> like it's just something about it. Just like it puts the the, the fear Drums, of God into yeah. you. You're like, oh, dude, I, my blood is pumping, baby. Let's go. But like I said, if you you've got the, the the sound pumped up, you're like, oh, this 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 gets the blood pumping, man. This is awesome. Um, but like I said, like all y'all said earlier, this is just a great film. Um, if you, it's something you at least have to watch once to be an American. 
It's one of those like top 50 films to be an American you have to watch. You have to know where we came from to where to, to where you are today. And your score? I'd say about a nine. About a nine or a nine or we'll we'll do eight and a half. I'll go I'll go with uh All right. the homeless man, eight and a half. <laughs> I I will tell I will let you right now. I did a coin flip today on whether or not I would uh show up looking like um Jeff Bunch Daniels' up? brother. Oh, god damn it. Oh, with, oh, yeah. mutton chops, with, the, the, with the with the mutton chops that lead into the mustache, I flipped a yeah. coin and it came up tails, and I voted heads, and so I didn't do it. You sh- you, I'm sorry. Your, your mom raised a quitter. But anyway, <laughs> that'd be more of General Burnside, but yeah, because that's where yeah, it comes yeah, from. Yeah. Sideburns. I yep. could. Um, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try again next time, or if we end up doing um, well, Gettysburg in person, huh? Just don't be. Just don't be a quitter and just do. I it. won't. I'll either do it in person when when it, when you come up we'll, possibly we'll, uh, in June. If we do guys or... and generals, you'll have to do it because General Burnside is in. Is the oh, is he? Yeah. Well, that's only commander. that's only that's only if I still have the damn thing. I got to shave the thing off in July if I if I even last that long. Sounds like your mom is a quitter. <laughs> yeah. um, so that being said, putting all the scores into the time machine that will tell us if the South actually will be able to take the town of Gettysburg, we get a score of. 8.62 out of 10. So overall, again, it's a really good movie and it holds up. So I highly recommend that uh, you guys check this one out, you know, if you haven't or if you haven't seen it in a long time or, you know, it's just a really good movie at the end of the day. As always. Well, I didn't enjoy it. He's from the South. I didn't enjoy his company at all. So says the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about history. We Iron won. Brigade. We won. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yep. So, once again, thanks for joining us. And uh, as the great General Lee once said, and please do be careful. Till next time, guys. See you. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook youtube and instagram pages if you want to directly support our work make sure to check out our patreon all these links are in the description below until the next time scuttlebutt out